This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that was purring at Chelsea's performance on Saturday. Whack, whack, whack. Any of us who any of us who felt a little trepidatious about Chelsea's visit to Leicester on Saturday need not Ew. not well yes I was a bit wasn't I actually but anyway we need not have worried uh, Leicester were as shit as we thought they were but no. Chelsea were magnificent. Yeah. Chelsea's 3-0 win was arguably one of the most dominant displays and best performances we've seen from a Tuchel side, or Chelsea, or Tuchel's Chelsea side for that matter. Everywhere you looked on the pitch, we oozed class. Mendy, unbeatable in goal. The defence of Chaloba, Rudiger uh, and Silva, a well-oiled machine. James and Chilwell, herring down the flanks and always looking either a creative or goal-scoring threat. Jorginho and Kante in complete control of the midfield and Mount Havertz and hudson Adoy buzzing around up front. So good were Chelsea that any one of the 11 players on the pitch deserved a Man of the Match nomination. The three points gained and retaining our three-point lead at the top seems poor recompense for such a display, but we should savour it. After all, we've seen the other side of the picture enough times. And the title for uh, tonight's show is, has, has kind of been... Uh, I suppose sent to me by oh god, oh god, raw black cabs or something. I don't know his real name, which is a bit, uh, which is a bit unfortunate. Call him Raw Chidge. Sounds really good. Yeah, cool. I'm just trying to. If I go to profile, oh. I can see likes, and then I can tell you who he is because I think it's so good. He needs to get a name check from it, and of course, typically. I can't find it. Oh, for fuck's sake. Anyway, never mind. Uh, he knows who he is. I thank him for it because it was brilliant. And the title of the show tonight is Overland and Three. Chelsea oh. Fancast 853. Good, isn't it? Very clever. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, so there we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We have uh, the uh, wonderful uh, mince pie eating Jonathan Kidd with us tonight. How are you, dear boy? I'm good, thank you. Trying to be festive. You know, get a... Mince, mince pie down me gob. 
this stage of the evening. It should be mild wine, but it's not. It's uh, it's it's um, uh, it's uh, I can't remember what I've put in there. A bit of rice milk and a, and a tea bag. But um, but yeah, it's lovely to be on the show. Thank you. With once again uh, another couple of esteemed guests from the fancast rota who just you wheel them in and they're brilliant every single time. So um, shall I introduce them? Yeah, please. It's the effervescent, the uh, the opinionated, the dry, amusing Martin Wickham. Good evening. Um, no Christmas festivities yet. Give it a couple of weeks. <laughs> you know, there's a good, there's a case to be made for saying, isn't there, that <clears throat> you shouldn't really start celebrating Christmas until the first day of Advent, which of course is December the first. I, you know, just any excuse to to drink really, but. Um, yeah, maybe maybe next week we'll see. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing I'm seeing decorations up, so it's coming. Yeah, it definitely is. It certainly is like death and taxes. Uh, who else have we got on JK? Well, we've got the Instagram, 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 Instagram King for us uh, does all the posts for us for the fan cast, and um, and he's the future of the fan cast. Will be taking over very soon when he wheel us out. In white coats. Yes, stumble, stumble down the stairs and uh, Zimmer and, frames. Yeah, exactly all of that. So, <laughs> bit, bit like bit like normal, really, JK, to be fair. Isn't yeah, yeah, it? yeah. So it'll be next week then. Yeah, so so it's uh, he'll be taken over. It's uh, it's the effervescent Dane Whittle. Mm. Dane, how are you, mate? Yeah, good evening. Yeah, like Martin, no Christmas festivities started here. Although I've got a sort of half a Christmas jumper on. It's uh, from trading places, but no Jive Turkey. Yeah, yeah. The seaman, obviously, Eddie Murphy was in the prison. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, good, good. What, what time to be on the show after that? Oh, complete performance on, yeah. on Saturday. Really looking forward to it. It was deliriously wonderful, wasn't it? Uh, we'll get mm. on with it now. Um, basically, uh, on the show tonight, in part one, we discuss set-piece goals, uh, Kante being special, the subs coming up trumps, and Chelsea's fantastic away support. That needs a thorough discussion because it was wonderful. Uh, in part two, we discussed James and Chilwell still being on fire. Uh, we ask, has Hudson-Odoi proven his point? We absolutely go ballistic over the silver machine and uh, Trevo being a treasure. And we ask, was this the best performance of the season by Chelsea? And we try to explain their dominance. And we also ask, how does Romelu Lukaku get back into this side? And in part three, we have the results. <clears throat> Excuse me. Part three, we have the results of this week's fannies for the Leicester match, some questions from Discord, and a couple of emails to read out. And to wrap up, we have the winners and losers dun, 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 from our Prem Predictions League. Mm. Uh, and in part four, uh, we round up the show with our preview of the Chelsea versus Juventus game, which, of course, is tomorrow night. And I am very excited to be going. And I shall be in the shed upper, I think, which is makes a change for me. Uh, now, as ever, don't forget, you can listen to the show live. Live. Thank you. Uh, every Monday at 7pm by going to Mixler, mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. And of course, if you do so, you will meet a lot of lovely people. And I can see that we've got uh, Chris M, Chelsea Paul, Adam F in the Matthew Harding Arpus, the lovely Steve Mower, Rob Coombe, uh, Matt Young, uh, the legend that is Paul Crowder, the uh, wonderful... Wonderful Matt Young. I've said Matt, haven't I? Daryl. Daryl's in there too. Lovely to see Daryl. And of course, our very own Mark Meehan. Uh, so there you go. Lots of people in there. And you can basically have a chat with them. Uh, post things on there, which I occasionally 
read out. But of course, uh, you, the best thing is that everybody in Mixer just talks to each other and ignores us, which I think is exactly the way to do it. Anyway, uh, we'll be back after this very short break. JK, you was right. So, you was right, and I was wrong. What about uh, about the team selection? Yeah, silver. I mean, every time I said this on the Discord group, actually, I said I'm just going to keep doing it, you know, because every every week when I predict that, oh, he'll he'll be rested this week because we need him for Tuesday. Uh, that means that Tuchel immediately plays him. And, of course, he... I mean, how can you not play Silver? He is so damn good. I mean, we'll talk about him being brilliant later, but, you know, we got it. I got it wrong, you got it right. That's the point, you know. Well, well done. No, I, I think the default is that he'll play him. I think, you know, but, you know, like a a bus that will... Um, like a clock, I should say, the old cliche that's right, you know, a stuck clock that's right twice in 24 hours or number of buses that arrive actually that's got nothing to do with it as if buses didn't i mention them buses don't stick around come when they don't moving you know they're arriving i'm sorry i'm talking bollocks um uh, <laughs> but, uh, but uh um you're but, a bit, yeah, bit he, like he, as, as uh, the wonderful rob haynes that calls him on uh on twitter custard tits a bit like his speech today mate <laughs> yes yes indeed, yeah. no that would be lots of at least he makes noises to cover i suppose rather than actual words um but i, I was working i think he I, I don't think there's a great deal of effort involved with silver i think you play every game because it, everything is done so immaculately you know there's no excess of energy there's no i mean obviously i'm being ridiculous because he has to keep up with the players and he, he just makes it look so easy but he was Absolutely yeah, phenomenal. He was. I mean, we pretty much got everybody completely right. I mean, although I didn't think Mount would start, but uh, you no, know, no, I did. If you, you remember, you did. Yeah, mate, you can't. If, if yeah, no, no, no I, I got it wrong because it I thought I told you I thought Christensen would play. Oh, okay, center. all right, fair enough. That's why I got it wrong. We always make them. We always make an error that yeah, way because yeah, yeah. we, we thought Christensen was nailed on, and it was um, uh, and it was Chalibur who played in in his yeah. uh, in his head. Yeah. And it was similarly wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, indeed. So there we go. Which is exactly why J.K. and I don't pick the team or uh, our Chelsea manager and Thomas Tuchel is. You see, I think proof of proof needed. Um, and the first thing I want to talk about, chaps, is uh, is set piece goals. Um, I just thought it was hilarious, Martin, that that it was Tony Rudiger who popped up with a with a, a headed goal from a corner. Not least because I remember, I mean, this just this dates it really, doesn't it? it, it I was driving back from having done my Love Sport Sunday breakfast show. And I had my phone plugged into the radio so I could listen to the commentary. But, of course, I've got this Flash Score app. And every time a goal is scored, it flashes up on, on my phone. So I was getting these goals coming through that Chelsea was scoring before I was hearing it on the radio. But that was when Tony Rudiger scored two up there, both headers from corners. And Blamey's done it again. I think that's his fourth against Leicester. But the, the more interesting thing is the fact that that's... I think we've scored... I heard it on the BBC Match of the Day bit that apparently we've scored more headed goals than anybody else in the Premier League this season, which is remarkable when you think how shonky we've been at it in recent history. Yeah, and 
been taken a lot better as well, yeah, which sure can which can only help matters, I guess. Um, the one thing I would say is the two goals last time was on. You, you must have been on a Saturday morning breakfast show because I distinctly remember. Was it? Yeah, yeah it was a Saturday. It was, an early, it was an early Saturday kickoff, but um, yeah, I mean the deliveries improved, and with that, you know, the likes of Rudiger are getting more chance getting more chances. Although he does have a he does have a certain affinity for scoring up there. I think he likes to go fox hunting, I believe. <laughs> I like it. It was, mean, either that or, it was either that or her flick, if I describe how he scored the goal. So, I mean, it's, I, I'm really very happy, Dane, weirdly, you might say, to see her score, score goals from set pieces because, you know, I think they're a very underrated part of the game. Um, you know, when you're, when you're playing, for example, a team that defends with 11 men behind the ball, which, to be fair, Leicester didn't really do. Um, they were forced to more than anything else. Um, but when you're playing a really stubborn team, if you've got you know if you've got a few people who can bang a few goals in from a good corner or a free kick, then that's always a bonus in my book. Yeah, I, I've always seen corners you know in the same way. I, I always like them. Always see it's, it's a good chance to to uh, score a goal. You know, whenever we get a corner, I'm on sort of like on the edge of the seat, maybe over expecting, but. You know, the, the, the three centre-backs at the moment have all got a goal in them. You know, we've seen Chaloba, you know, you know, score a few this season already. Thiago Silva over his career is, uh, you know, probably averages three or four a season. And Rudiger should probably score more because he is very good in the air. But Martin was right, you know, some good balls being put in now from, from Chilwell. He's getting uh, very consistent with his, with his crossing and passing. Now he's playing more regularly. And, and yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a joy to watch our score a goal anytime, but there is something special about a corner and a, and a rise and a, you know, a finish with the head. What was so clever about that one, of course, was that it's something they must have practised or observed. He's seen how weak they were. The fact that he was on Schmeichel um, when, the, when the corner was taken. So he's, he's slightly infuriating Schmeichel by bobbing up and down in front of him when the, when the kick is taken and then peels off and then actually heads it backwards from the edge of the area unmarked because nobody's marking him on the line because they think he's just mucking about with Schmeichel. So it, it's not it's, easy though, JK, is it? So I wonder if it was supposed to go to the far post for someone to tap it in. I don't know, but to pull it off, I wonder whether they it, meant that. I wonder whether it was deliberate. You just put it, you know, mid mid six yard box, but knowing that that he can actually he's not going to be marked unless somebody picks him out because he's standing on Schmeichel. They mm. think, oh, well, he's, he's from, if they're markings only, which I presume they are, they think, yeah, well, the goalie's got him. And then he just moves away from it and he's got a free header. And it was very clever, very clever. And it was, uh, I mean, it's what we deserve, bloody hell, because, you know, Chilwell had just had hit the bar only moments before from, a, who was the pass for Chilwell? Was it um, Silver's pass? I can't remember the, the long pass it was, wasn't it? And that's the other aspect of Silver we're going to is, is his ability to play these raking balls, which Rudy can do as well. It's it's um, they're they're cleverly just playing to all their strengths oh, at the moment. JK, I've got a question for you, J.K. Following up from from the set piece thing, because it's easy to kind of pin all this, you know, or or or, or really praise too cool for all of this. But I, I wonder actually how much Anthony Barry has to do with this, because I mean, you've told me when you, where you sit, you see him directing every corner and set piece we have. Yes, yes. I suppose the thing is, when you say Tuchel, I mean, um, it's it's almost like an umbrella, isn't it? You're saying Tuchel and his staff because uh, they have very specific, and you know, chapter the doing the um, the digital stats as to who's going. They've got all those little little machines in the back of their their, their vests telling them whether telling you whether they're maintaining their fitness, which I in I think is illegal in some sports. Is it the NFL, Dane, that it's illegal? Are they allowed to have those those little readers those 
those um they read everything out i can't remember and whether that's oh, sorry, I was my, my attention was distracted. Someone, you know, I was saying about you know the little the little monitors they've got in the back of their vest. You know, they've got their training vests on, and they've got the little monitors down the back, just behind. Oh, well, yeah, you see him having them in in preseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I think still got them. They've got them in the in the Premier League. I wondered oh. if that was illegal. You always see it when the name is like a. You normally see when they the when they scored and they take their shirt off and uh, or they're going to give when they hand the shirt to somebody in the uh, in the crowd. You know, silver, please, mate. It's like they're wearing a sports bra. It does. I always originally thought, oh, my goodness, they've all got it's man. Well, they've got moves, exactly. Yeah, yeah but no. But you know, in, my, in my warped mind, J.K., I was, I was kind of hoping what they have, what they do is they, they kind of uh, dispel an electric electric charge. If they, if, they, if they make yeah. a bad pass, yeah, 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 yeah. Or, you know, yeah. or anything, they get yeah. like 40 volts or something, you know. Yeah, so it's, in fact, they're, they're not playing through the skill of the manager. They're playing through torture. Or That's maybe the... it's how they program them, because of course we live in a FIFA ah. twenty world, don't we? So we could, so the kids, the kids in their bedrooms can basically direct how they're playing. Maybe you could probably do that from the from the uh, from the um, the bench, couldn't you as well? Yeah. But no, in, in in all seriousness, yes. Every single time there is a um, a set piece, it's it's Anthony Barry comes forward and is yeah. is very very. Um, expressive he's very he constantly points and shouts and then has his moment and then goes back I and sits it. down. i mean it's brilliant it's very forward thinking very modern uh something yeah. that isn't forward thinking necessarily or even modern martin is just how absolutely bloody wonderful uh n'golo kante is i mean that that second goal was an absolute thing of beauty brilliantly set up by reese jones which has seemed to have gone a little bit more unnoticed but i was saying to jk on friday for weeks and weeks and weeks, I've been such an idiot. I keep saying, oh, you know, we should have Ruben Loftus-Cheek style because he gives us something we don't have and all this. And then I said, I did, didn't I? I kind of stopped halfway through, JK. I said, but hang on a minute. Our two midfielders are or Jorginho and Kante, and they're, you know, vying for the bloody Ballon d'Or. What are we saying? But actually... We were hoping for 12 in this team, weren't we, at the time? I was, wasn't I, really? But five. Yes. But um, that said, Martin, I think I think the thing is... You know, it's weird, isn't it? And Golo Kante is so good, you just kind of forget in a weird sort of way. But I think, you know, you underestimate your underestimate him at your peril. I mean, he's still the best in the world, I think, at what he does, isn't he? Yeah, and I think Leicester underestimated him a little bit by him letting him advance unopposed before he took the shot. Um, it was nice to see him actually get a bit more forward than he has been in the past, and he proved he was equally effective as that. I think there was... A couple of, I might have been, you know, my brain playing tricks. But I think there was a couple of Cruyff turns in there as well. He definitely sent a few of them the wrong direction. Great run, wasn't it? He was playing, yeah, he's played played brilliantly. And like I say, um, I think there was a moment in the second half where he's just got the ball turned, sent two of them out towards out towards the touchline, gone after them, and he's got yards of space in front of him. Um, it was a lovely shot, lovely goal, and not the first time he scored against them. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing, isn't it, Dane? I mean, you know, we, we we often say, don't we, about our, our midfield that the one thing that they don't really have in their locker is the ability to score goals. And yet, I mean, I know he doesn't score many, Kante, but when he does score a goal, he tends to score a really good one. I remember him scoring a, a goal similar to that one against Liverpool. Do you remember that? Was yes, it United? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it was Liverpool. Yeah, no, it's it? Liverpool. Yeah, we was 2-0 down, wasn't it? 2-0 down, yeah. And the yeah. Frank, yeah. And we uh, we destroyed them in the second half, but lost. Yeah, I think similar to you, I, I I maybe thought that Ruben might play just the fact that he'd been at Cobham for a week or over a week or so under Tuchel's eye. But yeah, he uh, Kante would seem like he was playing more of a more roaming, more of like a box box 
game with with, with Jorginho, uh, obviously sitting behind him. It was it was funny because he'd made a couple of runs early on, and then he tried to, you know, he was a bit, little bit wasteful with, with a pass. I think he tried to spread play, and it went off for a throw in another one where he was trying a World Cup pass to to split the defence in two and it didn't come off. So when he was running this time, I was thinking, you know, get closer, get closer, keep driving, keep driving. Uh, and then obviously get as close to the box as possible and just simply pass it off to someone. But then when he shot, it was a, oh, okay, we'll just do that then. It was, a, yeah, he, you know, having been there for a few seasons now, we've seen he can do that, you know, going back to the goal against Liverpool and I, I when, when we beat Man United 4-0, didn't he turn Pogba or turn someone one way and just put it in the bottom corner? Uh, I think he scored twice against United in that season, actually, and one in the FA Cup game, possibly, if I can remember correctly, under Conte. Yeah, really. uh, yeah, so, yeah, he has got it in his game. And, you know, he's actually really fast when he drives at the ball. He's very impressive. But Martin's right. You know, they, they, they know him. There's a lot of the, of the squad there who would have been there when he played. And coaching staff so it's a surprise that they they let him roam so much and drive so much but also like Martin said you know he sent I, I did see something funny on Twitter he sent he sent one guy off I think the, the headline was he sent him off for a hot dog because he he sent him <laughs> one way twice and then he he, he fell over I think in Diddy but yeah he's, he's definitely got that in his game and uh you're right he's the best at what he does but in the world by far I think it could probably it was easier for him to get forward because we were so much all over them we, we were it was it there was huge holes in their midfield in the first and they just couldn't cope with it at all with with the speed of the passing as well which was um which i have to say we saw against burnley so to see the same thing again and then have a result this time have it on the an end result was was such a positive thing and made you realize all you need to do is have a couple of the the burnley near misses go in and i think we'd have you know we'd have run away with that well, game Talking of uh, yeah, exactly. I, I will talk about a little bit more, more because I mean that, that that was the only criticism that Tuchel made, wasn't it? But before we get to that, I've got to say, J.K. I mean, the other thing about Kante, it's just really interesting. It kind of got me got me thinking a lot after the game. I mean, it was a brilliant goal, and he played really, really well. That kind of almost goes without saying. But he's just such a lovely, lovely, lovely human being. Like, did, I don't know if you saw the post-match interview. But he's just, he's just, you just want to hug him. I mean, he's just, he's just lovely. I mean, he's just so humble and, uh, and oh, he's just lovely. I'm, I'm actually madly in love with him, really. But I, I have to say, I, 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 I mean, it's kind of that, that's backed up by his goal celebration. Or really, I'm going to read you what, what Liam Toomey said on Twitter because this really sums it up. And I thought it was hilarious. He said, Imagine scoring a goal like that. And your first instinct is to hide underneath a huddle of teammates. Kante is as hilarious as he is spectacular, but he just doesn't really seem to know what to do. And he sits there looking sheepish and they all just absolutely love him. And he grins. To be fair to him, I think he was trying to do that thing of not celebrating because it was oh, Leicester. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, but all he managed to do was just look slightly embarrassed by that whole experience. It's a consequence. <laughs> oh, you got to love him. I mean, you know, JK, you mentioned the midfield a minute ago and... You know, um, and and I think you're right. I think I think we 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 absolutely we won that game in the midfield, and basically that was uh, that was Jorginho and Kante. But to also, you know, I think you've got to talk about the wing backs too. But we're going to talk yeah. about that. we're going to talk about them yeah. in part two. Jorginho, I thought, was excellent again uh, yesterday, and I have to say, I was really not yesterday Saturday, wasn't it? I was so delighted to see him get uh, the brilliant reception he got from the away support when he walked off, because I think he got cramp or something. He's not injured badly. He's just got cramp or something. But he went off, didn't he, second half? But great reception. 
Oh, absolutely fantastic. But he's integral to the side. He really is, isn't he? He, he, he then gave his shirt to uh, somebody in a wheelchair in the front, which was, you know, and picking them out as opposed to these ridiculous people who are um, the same person asked for a shirt each week. I was wondering whether, you know, somebody make a collection of them and then put them all on eBay. But um, no, he was, he, he, he's, he's a very canny player and, uh, and a very emotional man. And um, I'm actually to, to go off on a tangent here because he'd been missing so many penalties. I, I was wondering who would then take the penalties. I suppose that Tuchel will actually say to him, no, you keep on taking them. But um, if Lukaku ever gets back, I mean, Lukaku's uh, record has just been uh, um, immense taking penalties. I don't think he's missed one in the last 15. So, um, but, um, you know, he'll obviously carry on being penalty taker. But no, he's obviously contributes so much more. I mean, it's just intriguing, isn't it, to see... The, uh, how he's 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 gone from C word to um, uh, was, it, was it Jorginho you dropped the C bomb for not not might, Werner might have been uh, uh, Jorginho yeah. I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think it was actually um, yeah uh, from that to uh, to uh, Ballon d'Or and uh, <laughs> one of the best players in Europe just because of a different manager it's intriguing isn't it what um, I yeah think... I've got a yeah, hang on a minute, Dane. I'll bring you in and say, I've just got a lovely post from Paul Burgess, you cheeky man, Paul. He says, Chidge, I'd love you to find that fan cast where you all thought Jorginho was shit. Well, they, they do exist, Paul. I don't deny that. <laughs> they do exist. I don't deny that at all. But when he when he plays shit, we call it out. When he's brilliant, we'll call it out too. I think we're, we're fair. We might not be very clever, but we are fair, if nothing else. Dane. I, th- I think what is harsh on or Jorginho, and I'm, this is me being not one of the biggest fans of him, but I can see, you know, the criticisms we get and, and it is harsh is when he doesn't play well, he gets really dug out uh, when he does play well and it ticks like it did on Saturday when he looks, you know, his levels are world-class in, in what he does. But, you know, just like other, other players, sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes, it, you know, he can't get the range in and he, he's a bit average. And to be fair, Tuchel, Tuchel will take him off. He's not scared to take off players. And that's when he really gets dug out. Oh, yeah, see, if you close him down, if you don't give him any space. OK, well, we all know his faults. But, you know, like we're trying to be fair now when he does play well and, and he does deserve all the plaudits, that's what we're giving him. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the thing is, Martin, I mean, you and JK both, I mean, JK goes to a lot of away games. I know you do as well. And actually, I know I know that the away support is generally, you know, more supportive, but they're not idiots They because they see what they see. And, and I think they give due praise accordingly. So I think, you know, you've been amongst that lot. So you would get a real sense of that, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, as far back as when he scored a goal against Fulham at Craven Cottage, he got that song sung in his honour. So, you know, we're fair, if nothing else. And if he plays well, he gets praised accordingly. If he plays like a drain, which he has done in the past, let's let's not be revisionist about this. It will similarly get criticised. I mean, if we're going to be, you know, fully scrupulous, I thought Mount wasn't very good Saturday, but, you know, there's always the next game with him. And same applies with Jorginho. Yeah, absolutely. JK? um, under Sarri, of course, he was associated with Sarri. He was Sarri's yeah. boy, Jorginho. And I remember a horrendous moment where he'd, uh, he'd been average. And to my right, uh, um, a slightly mouthy supporter, regularly uh, uh, critical of lots of players who was clearly hating Jorginho, just stood up and looked at everybody. And this is in, this is in the front row of Aussies where you don't stand up. You know, you're not supposed to just... <laughs> Chidge did that. Well, actually, all... they can't stand up is what he really means. 
It's because they're so old they can't get they can't they can't move their move their legs properly. Or they've had a lot of red wine shot down the necks. <laughs> There's a mass of that going on. <laughs> and um and Chidge tried it and I said, Chidge, sit down, Chidge, no, no, Chidge, Chidge, no. But I think you used the C word at the I time. Did. Yes, yeah, you did. To Huddleston. When yeah, he was playing right. for Hull, he tried to kill Gary Cahill and it was all a bit too much for me, so I stood up and called him an effing C repeatedly. Yeah, I said, no, Chidge, not here, please, Chidge, no, please, please. And then the, the steward came and just looked and I said, no, it's okay, he won't do it again. He's it's got right. Tourette's, George <laughs> He's my friend. He's my friend. Um, and, um, but no, and this boy stood up and he just went, he gave the old um, Colosseum emperor um, uh, proof. He just, he put his thumb up like that, straight up. And then looked at everybody and then went, and held his thumb down. And then just looked everybody, looked around at everybody as if to say, I have spoken. He's he, he will the lions will get him as he goes down the tunnel. But um, but yeah, how it's all changed since then. How it's all changed. I mean, can we actually can you envisage the the change that has occurred since we've got a manager like Tuchel from Sari? I mean you know, with Sari attempting to make them play, Sari, I should say, but Sari, I'm making him sound like an Indian garment, sorry, um, making him play uh, the way they played and with me trying to defend it, you know, and falling out with Tony because I'm trying to see what he's trying to do. <laughs> I remember that. Me going, no, I think he's trying to play the ball, trying to do this. You know, trying yeah, to be well, forgiving. forgiving Tuchel, Tuchel. Like, no, yes, they're all shit, he's but, shit. But yeah. that's the point. Tuchel's getting them to do that. I mean, we we are yeah, playing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm going to yeah, can you, organize. Yeah, can you remind me of this in part two? Because I, yeah. I I didn't think about that, but I'm going to I want to drop it in when we talk about our dominance and the way we play and how good we're playing. But uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, that's right. Second half was interesting, wasn't it? Because we dropped off a bit. I thought, Martin. I thought, you know, concentration dips a little bit. I think Leicester changed it up. They gave us a bit more problems because they put two up front, didn't they? But uh, I thought he took he made the right subs. Apparently. Uh, Havertz uh, has got a bit of a, a, a hamstring I mean, issue, I think. Yeah, but, yeah, so, that's all. yeah, obviously he got taken off because of that, which we wouldn't have known. Um, and Mount got taken off. I, I agree with you, actually. I think he's been below his best. I think he's had a difficult season so far. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is Mount at 70% still bloody good and still provides something that's really crucial for the team. But he brought uh, Pulisic and uh, Ziyech on. I'm not, very, I'm not a big fan of Ziyech at the moment. I'm very keen to see Pulisic do well because I, I do think there's a huge talent in there somewhere, providing it can stay fit. And blow me, I mean, you, when you're having a good day as a manager, that's the kind of shit that happens, isn't it? They were both involved in the third goal and it was a cracker, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the first thing is I, I was quite, I coun't make the game, unfortunately, um, this weekend. We'll, we all know why, but um, it's quite amused on Twitter with <laughs> ZH coming on and a few people I know. Um, he's done nothing, he's done nothing. Oh shit! He's just assisted for a goal. <laughs> it's, not, it's just a stream of consciousness. I, I also thought. I mean, there was a. I think Pulisic was unlucky not to get a goal earlier. I think he got a shove in the back. I think yeah, he got shoved if, as he was. If VAR had yeah. been a bit more interventionalist, I think yeah. he could have. He could have had a shout for a penalty. That was off a brilliant through ball from Ziyech as well. Um, when it works, it works. And Leicester had a. 10-minute spell where they weren't completely made to look abject and well, I still think we were in control. I mean, there's a couple of decent saves from Mendy, but they were, they were from distance and it proves my point from the FA Cup final. Had he played in that Cup final, I don't think Chilliman's would have even bothered trying that shot mm. and I think yeah, it could have been a completely different story. 
Mm. Very good point. Yeah, uh, I, I thought that ten minutes was also um, uh, it, it was the, the the enthusiasm of the players was also helped by the crowd who was so indignant. The crowd decided to use their frustration at the fact they were being overwhelmed to blame the ref. They tried to blame Tierney for everything by every because they foul all they did was foul they were so frustrated that they, they just kicked and kicked and kicked because they couldn't deal with it i think it was like hazard constantly being kicked in this instance it was just chelsea player after chelsea player but they tried to make out that it was biased refereeing and they one occasion when um uh, we got a free kick on the the edge of the area somebody was polaxed i can't remember who it was running through i think it may have been pulisic actually and um and they all shouted out we don't know what you're doing well you know tierney knew exactly what he was doing <coughs> Excuse me. It was a it was a it was a foul and a free kick. But it was interesting to see how um, the referee can be affected by the crowd. There was one foul where all the crowd were indignant over a challenge and it was just two players knocking into each other. And he actually stopped the game and looked round Tierney. <coughs> and, in, and, and it was entirely because the crowd were looking for opportunities to find fault with any any Chelsea collision with anything that was going on, because that's all they had to, to hang on to. This little crumbs of comfort where any challenge they felt they could go, oh, referee, what's the matter with you? <coughs> and I thought that helped um, the, that 10 minute period. I know they played a bit better, but I thought it was it slightly unnerved us as well, just because um, this this din suddenly happened when when. It's almost as if they were looking for an excuse to find something to 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 g themselves up with because it wasn't working on the field, and it's just interesting how refs can be affected by by uh, by home support. And I, I remember that happening on um, happening in the did we lose who did we lose against when uh, one of the COVID games was it a Villa away we lost I think it was I think it was last season when all they did was just bellow at the ref. And, and you have to be a really steel referee not to be affected by that or not to look out. And I remember that day we had Moss, who was just completely incapable of appreciating. They were just shouting out whatever they felt. Oi, ref, oi, ref, oh! And it, nothing was happening. And it, it's this aspect of crowds being in, able to influence referees. Um, I'm sorry, I'm having my usual rant about refs. But in this, instance, <laughs> in this instance, you need the linesmen need to be really strong. And the linesmen are communicating with the ref all the time. And the linesmen need to say, I saw that. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. It's just crowd. It's just crowd. They've got to be working as that team. And they don't enough, as we've already established. They don't do that. Well, talk, talking of linesmen, old Bean, um, Dane, um, well, I mean, it would have been so much lovelier had the, these goals all been on side. Of course, they were They were all, I think, maybe one was a bit they were, marginal. They were, off, they were all off. They were all off, really, weren't they? Chilwell mm. at, at fault yeah. for a couple of them, Dane. They but magnificent. And not one was shown on match of the day, for goodness yeah, sake. Yeah, but that's because they, 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 they... I don't care. I mean, it's some spotty little Man United fan who makes the editorial decision for that. It's true, it's true. You're right. You know, kind, kind of people that I would fire on a weekly basis when I was a TV producer. Yeah. But anyway... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Purely because they were Man United fans, usually, actually. Yeah. yeah. And I would never hire anybody who was a Spurs fan on principle. But anyway, we digress. <laughs> Dane, I mean, it was, a, it was a shame, wasn't it? Because they were at, they, all three of those offside goals were brilliant goals. Yeah, we was obviously in a good position because we was we was comfortable, we was winning. But the best thing about all those goals were 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 at the time we did not know that they were going to be disallowed, and it was just really good football. You know, the Pulisic finish, uh, you know, Reese James finish was like you know a seasoned you know, a striker, and it, it was just so encouraging to see. You know, that was uh, well. I think we're going to get on it later about how dominant that was that performance was but yeah just seeing the build-up that led to, to to the goals and led to those disallowed goals was, was so encouraging uh can i just say can i just go back sorry to 
go back and, and talk about Ziek. I don't want to say he's a limited player. That's up for, up to you lot to decide. At Ajax, he would drop deep. He would have three attackers very fast in front of him and and a left back and a right back. So you would always look to pick in the pockets, as, as cliche as they say, spread the ball. He'd always, he needs pace ahead of him. His best football was under Frank when he was in a free behind the forward, where it would be Werner, Pulisic or Callum. He's very limited. This, this formation doesn't suit him. Suits 90% of the squad, but not him. If he's in that... Uh, in the free up front, he's either got Havertz who drops deep or Mason who doesn't really make the attacking runs to look for. And that doesn't suit his game. As I said, he needs pace uh, and players interchanging and moving. And it makes him look limited. But yeah, you wonder how long he will be. But he has got so much more to give in, 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 a, in a, a different sort of style and a different team. So I just wanted to... Just no, no, I agree. But I don't, I don't think they... You know, this rumour about getting rid of him in January, I don't think they dare get rid of him. I think that that moment where he combined with Pulisic was completely magical and wonderful. And if he can, if he can do that and he can actually... Those moments, and if he comes on as a sub and, and does that, I, I would... You know, it becomes integral. It's a squad. It's a squad setup, you know. And I think I don't think Tuchel's a, a mug. He's not going to go. Oh, he's not performing the way we thought he would. He then has the opportunity to try and make him into something else if necessary. I, I think he appreciates what potential there is in him. And I thought Pulisic, other than his miss, which was very reminiscent of the of the Champions League final, he gets into positions Pulisic where you think all he has to do is just wrap his foot around the ball and it will be in the net, and he misses. But the goal was just was fantastic opportunism. I was so pleased for him because I, I actually thought they were they it was a fantastic combination to bring on that late. It, it's it must that you know you just think oh god these two are coming on and they're if they if they work together as they did it's a class act. I think that's well Pulisic suits the Ziyech style does, of play because he agree absolutely he's pacey agree. and he's running behind the defense yeah, and that's, yeah, that's yeah. what Ziyech, remember some yeah. of the balls he played to to Werner last season and and when Werner was was playing as a lone forward and was, you know, had a few one-on-ones, it was Ziyech. Some of the balls were amazing. Yeah. but he's got he's that just, ability. Yeah. 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 Martin, you can talk about Pulisic and Ziyech if you like, or you can talk about what I would like to move on to. It's entirely up to you. Move on. Okay. <laughs> uh, because I think you're the, I mean, with, with apologies to JK, because I know he goes away a lot, but uh, I think when it comes to the away support, um, you are our main man, really, of all the fan casts. I think you'd probably do more away. Well, you've got an away season ticket, haven't you? I have, yeah. yeah there you go. But... So, you know, you certainly do more than, than me, but that wouldn't be hard. But they were superb. I'm just going to read you out this. This, this summed it up, actually, because the, the other lovely thing was, you know, the, the wonderful Walter Otten and Andy, I think, were both there on uh, on Saturday having an absolutely raucous time. And there's some hilarious tweets that Waltz was doing, but this one absolutely finished me. He said... Uh, the away end roared, bounce in a minute, we're going to bounce in a minute. And I looked along the row at Tim Rolls. I thought to myself, if Sausage does the bouncy, I'm doing the bouncy. He did not bounce. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I, I, would, I would very much be in Tim's uh, mindset there because every time I've done a bouncy, I've fucked my ankle up so no thank you but yeah, yeah it came through you louder clearer. a little bit about you could do yeah, it no you could you know. yeah but you kind of look like you're bursting for a piss yeah, so no, I, I, you know I, I don't really want to do that um but it yeah. was a wonderful moment there wasn't it and all the leicester fans saying what the fucking hell was that they all say, yeah well oh, these that. these are fans of the fucking paper clappers yeah, where, where, where were they, they where were their clappers by the way 
I think they shoved them up their arse after about 2-0. <laughs> yeah, um, they didn't have much to clap about, did they, Chidge? Yeah, I think they, I think they started They'd using... Become as, fans. They were fanning. They, they were used as fans or paper aeroplanes by about 2-0. But, um, yeah, the away fan, it came through loud and clear on television, on the TV. You could hear it loud and clear. I think they, they actually caught the bouncy on the on one of the cameras as well, which was rare. I haven't. I certainly haven't seen it, but um, all, the, all the videos I've seen of... A good time was had by all. Just, just one style tip: stop fucking lobbing beer on the ceiling. You paid a fiver for it. Drink it. Well, you know. Okay. <laughs> well, I know. Well, yeah. But I tell you what, mate. You know, if it was at Stamford Bridge, the only thing that Singer bit is fit for is chucking it. Frankly, but <laughs> you know, and I think that, that people were saying much the same about Leicester's beer. But do you know what really impressed me? And you might find this a bit weird, but you know, for years and years and years, we've been moaning. Well, I say we, my generation have been moaning about the fact that we're all getting old together. What's going to happen when we all go? Who's going to understand the culture of support and particularly Chelsea's away culture? But I I mean, you know, this is a bit stupid of me to say this because, you know what, I've not made an away match this this year. But I'm, I'm certainly getting a sense from Twitter from those that are going away. There are a lot of younger people going, and they're 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 making a lot of noise. They're well up for it. They're absolutely caning it all day. I mean, there were some hilarious pictures of a few of them who've had a day on the booze. In other words, they're very much like what we used to be like at that age. And it just appears to me, Martin, that there is hope, and there is hope for a future after all. Yeah, I, I think um, a year a year of being told to stay indoors. It's coming out as one great big rabid mess i saw it it was great at newcastle as well um and i think arsenal was fantastic so you know he's got plenty of ways coming up where there's relatively short journeys to the games and i think you'll you'll see similarly raucous atmospheres and yeah as long as long as people keep it legal shall we say in terms of certainly in terms of some of the chanting although that's actually died down significantly i must say um it's all good as far as i'm concerned yeah i think it crack I think, on enjoy yourself well i do i'm just wondering if um you know the much uh moaned about uh you know way we get our tickets these days for away games and there's there's much merit to the arguments about the way against the way the club are doing it but i'm kind of wondering if if it's not the same and i i, I use emphasis on the word old not the same old mob going I wonder if that's actually enabling a lot of these youngsters youngsters to go. I don't know. I mean, I've I've still seen plenty of the people from you know pre-COVID times. I don't know whether you know the spares market is coming in on some of these or not. There's there's definitely a younger demographic getting in, and I'm all for it. Yeah, me too. I think it's fantastic. Righty ho, boys and girls. Um, I'm going to leave it there, and because we're going to come back in part two with. Loads of goodies like uh, James and Chilwell, Hudson and Doy, Thiago Silva, Trevo, and and just how good are we? And was that performance? All of that to come. But before we do that, we talked about Jorginho earlier on, um, and I can tell you that because Football Prizes kind of had a bit of a blip on their server, they've kind of relaunched the Jorginho shirt. I th- they couldn't do the draw basically because the server was down, but they put it back out this week. So uh, if you want an at football underscore prizes. Uh, signed and framed Jorginho shirt uh, then you can enter into their competition so you do that by buying tickets so basically they they sell about 99 tickets Uh, you buy one or five or as many as you want they put them in a big tombola it's a bit more 
uh, kind of high tech than a tombola, but it's the same kind of principle. And they pick one out. And if your number's on that ticket or the ball, in fact, a bit like the National Lottery, uh, if it's on the ball, then you win. And uh, the tickets are £5.95p each. And the draw ends at 7.30pm on Wednesday, the 24th of November, which is this Wednesday. So if you want to enter that, go to footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash Jorginho hyphen Chelsea 5. C-H-E-L-S-E 5. So there you go. Now, um, of course, uh, I know this because I, I... Well, it was out, actually. I think it was out for the Leicester game, actually. But the latest CFC UK is out. Um, and, of course, you can get a copy tomorrow night at the stall if you're going... Uh, which is opposite the uh, Fulham Broadway tube entrance. Uh, of course, it is the best fanzine in the world. And I have to say, I'm going to blow my own trumpet here because the legend that is Henry Winter, of course, the doyen, the current doyen of football writers, did a tweet saying, you know, you must go and buy the fanzine. And he drew particular attention to a, an article written by none other than at Stamford Chidge on safe standing. I was, I, I almost, you know, I took a photograph of it and pinned it to my wall because I had the utmost respect for Henry. So to get plugged by Henry, I was, I was, I was, it was the, I was absolutely chuffed. I got to tell you, fabulous, Chid. Congratulations, it? congratulations, brilliant. Was well, a bit of a humdinger of a piece actually. I'm kind of, it's, it's worth a read, even if I do so myself. As is everybody else's, and contrary to what Tim Rolls always says, I don't always read my article first, and if I do, it's to see what Dave's cut out. That's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Tim, Tim thinks it's some narcissistic thing at play here that I get the fanzine and I immediately go to my article first and not his. Or yeah, everyone, everyone, everyone goes to Walters first. <laughs> well, I, I know that. that. Role. <laughs> well, I do, I do generally go to mine because I invariably can't remember what I wrote. And secondly, I do want to see what, what Dave has cut out or corrected in the spelling department. So there you go. Anyway. Was there a little um, puff for uh, for my dad's book? There yeah. was, yeah. DJ's done a, a kind of review of the of the launch thing you went to, and it's lovely. I told you on Friday, he basically has he's promoted you on the fan cast. You're now the presenter of the show, and uh, you're more famous <laughs> for doing the fan bites. <laughs> <laughs> I told you this on Friday. You did you did? I hadn't. It didn't sink in about how because uh, I got a copy of it and then I realised. Oh, fantastic! Oh, that's great! Wow, brilliant! Yeah. There we go. Um, um, and also just to say that I will be um, dumping. Uh, wrong expression. Leaving, <laughs> leaving five copies of my dad's book um, for sale at the uh, at the CFC UK store, which was um, uh, um, DJ said that I could do. So there are going to be some copies there. If anybody wants a signed one, um, I won't be there to sign it. No, it's not true. I'll um, sign I'll them sign, first. I'll sign at will. Absolutely. No, no. I, I I like to put to to whom it is. You know, it's only fair. Okay. I can't. I'm not. I'm not a, a memory man. I mean, I'm not a telepath. I can't. You know, work out who's going to be buying them. Um, but yeah, no. If they can catch me, I'll be by the store for a little bit. So. All right. Well, there we go. Of course, if you can't get to the store, buy one in person for Ari up only a pound, then you can actually subscribe and get it in the post. Uh, you can either get it in the post or you can get a PDF version emailed to you. If you want it in the post, it's a, a year subscription is 16 quid. Individual copies are still two quid. Uh, if you're in Europe, it's 35 quid. And if it's the rest of the world, it's 45 quid. Uh, a PDF uh, subscription for a year is six quid. Uh, and the individual issues remain at one pound. And they're very good, actually, because Dave very kindly sent me a PDF this week so I could have a look at something, what he had written. And it, it actually is beautiful. looks really, really lovely. So there you go. No excuses for not getting it. Um, if you want to subscribe, the best thing to do is to email fanzine at cfcuk.net. Uh, and, of course, you can pay via PayPal using that email address. So there you go. Right. We are going to have a quick break, and we will be back after that. 
Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Right, welcome back. This is the uh, Chelsea Fancast. I'm, of course, Stanford Chidge. And I have with me, as ever, the erudite Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Oh, a lovely word to use for me. Thank you. Um, I would p- probably prefer it to be eructating because I've just burped a few times. OK. But that, that's the mince pie you scoffed before we did the show, mate. Entirely. I'm embarrassed and ashamed. Yeah. If, if you had one with gluten in it, you'd, be, you'd have been fine. There'd be no yeah. burping. I, I guarantee yeah. it. I think you're right as well. Yeah, but, but it's the mint. I like the mints. You know, I like them. No, that's all right. I get that. Uh, we've also got on the show the fantastic Mr. Martin Wickham. Good evening. And the very lovely Dane Whittle. Hello, everyone. Good to see everybody in here. We've got a good lineup tonight, Jake. I'm enjoying this. Right. Um, I'm doesn't doesn't half help when your team are rather bloody brilliant, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, we, I don't know. I, I I quite like it when we're shit as well. Actually, I think it gives yeah. us a lot of referees been shit. You know, I. I like it, full stop. But, you know, actually, I'm talking bollocks. Yeah, it's completely wonderful when the team are great. And the at the moment, the potential for this side is just, I mean, you think, well, it, let's see what happens tomorrow night. But, um, uh, I, I, you know, to me, they're just playing out of this world. Well, you it's know what? Performance. Similar I, to 2008 well, 2000 and 2005. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll get on to that. But you're, you know what? You're right. You know, everything is going so well at the moment. There's so much potential in this team. We could have this team and a few additions, uh, either from the youth that are doing well or the 
you know, the uh, you know, a couple of world class players. This could go on forever, you know, at least ten years anyway. We all know that it won't. And I and I wrote I've just written my football London piece for this week, which is actually really talking about whether we should be worried about Conte joining Spurs or not. And of course I, I remembered that he's the third former Chelsea manager in the last ten years to go to Spurs. Of course, Vias Boas uh went in there. Uh and uh, Mourinho. And so I was kind of doing a bit of a compare and contrast and then went into describing how bloody good Conte was for us. And I said it was all going ever so... It was just going brilliantly. What, you know, what could possibly go wrong? Well, being Chelsea, everything. And that, that, that kind of does sum us up, doesn't it? You know, just when we think it's going brilliantly, it all goes tits up. But anyway, not right now, I think. Uh, now, first of all, we're going to talk about... Uh, Reese James and Chilwell. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I always feel a bit kind of. Do I really want to read this out? You know, for God's sake. But I, I, I'm going to read it out anyway. These, these are his stats from the game, for whatever they mean. See, when I see a stat like most dribbles completed, I really want it to be how many times he's had ten pints and been dribbling all the way down his shirt. But anyway, apparently he completed five dribbles without drop, spilling a drop. Uh, most duels won nine. Most tackles won three. Three chances created, one assist. This is much more like it. This is what I really want to read, not stats. This is from the aforementioned Henry Winter, who says, Rhys James is one of the players of the season so far. Shocking defending by Leicester, but it's a great move by Chelsea. So quick and clever from James on the right. Perfect delivery inside. Then Kante, drive and finish. Leicester too slow to react to the danger, but James the catalyst. So I think Henry's a fan. Um, he really is quite wonderful. But I think, you know, him and, and Chilwell were absolutely superb uh, on Saturday, weren't they, Dane? Yeah, yeah, they are, and they have been, you know, going uh, to get a bit ahead of myself, you know, because uh, we're going to talk about if Lukaku can fit in the team, but it's no, it, it, it's definitely no coincidence that Lukaku's bound spell of about six or seven games was was coinciding with uh, James being injured uh, and Chilwell only just coming back, uh, so that'll be interesting to see. When if they can all link up, you know, you just notice a massive difference in movement, energy, even confidence, you know, from the rest of the team when when James and Chilwell play, you know, it's just a better balance. You know, Dave and Alonso do a job. This is not a criticism of them. But, you know, Reese and Ben are on, on high levels now, you know, and ugh, even Reese's display on on on, on Saturday, I, I can't remember seeing a better all-round. Uh, attacking and defensive right back display from from a Chelsea player, you know, right back, right wing back, you know, it, it, it's literally a complete performance, you know, defending and attacking wise. And yeah, as I said, the balance is so much better with Reese and, and Chilwell in. They're they're both capable, as we've seen, of scoring goals. They're good defenders, you know. They can both put a ball in. You know, Reese looked so comfortable. They both like to step into midfield. So that's obviously part of the tactics every now and again. Reese, we know, can play in defensive midfield. He's so comfortable. It's a funny moment when he done one of his dribbling skills, and uh, he's, he's the Turkish centre back who just sort of bounced Sonsu. off him. Sonsu. Yeah, bounced off him quite quite funnily, uh, which I which I wouldn't, wouldn't wasn't surprised of. But yeah, they're 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 both playing at the high levels, and and I'm not surprised. And, and long might continue. Unfortunately, you know, it doesn't look like Alonso will be getting in anytime soon. Dave can probably come in on the right side of the three. But yeah, it's, it's so good for us to watch as well. Yeah, it definitely is. JK? It's interesting to see the demise of Dave, which we actually predicted at the beginning of the season, didn't we? we I think about... Oh, sorry. Yeah. I think I think You do it better than me. You do it better than me. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it was, it was all down to YouTube. But you were right. There isn't a way that, that he can 
get in when the youngsters are playing completely out of their skins, which is a shame. But, you know, that's 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 football, mate. Hey, that's football, mate. But that's playing under this this setup at the moment. They're all so excellent. Um, but as you said, Dane, the whole thing about them moving into midfield must completely com- confuse the fuck out of the opposition <laughs> who think they're thinking, oh, there well, they e- are. Even if they track them. Even if yeah. they know it's going to happen, yeah. okay, it's really hard to defend against yeah. because it takes them out of shape. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely moves them, moves them backwards and Brilliant, forwards, isn't it? You, you suddenly find Chilwell popping up right in the middle. There was an occasion when uh, was it James was on the left hand side, wasn't he? Yeah. And he just he didn't. Mm-hmm. What I love was he didn't run back. He didn't go. Oh, I'm out of position. He knew somebody would cover cover for him, so he just carried on playing there. And then there was a lull in play, and then he moved back to the right. So they're, they're, uh, the fact that they're so, they're so, um, uh, they're finding it all so easy for them to actually do that is a really positive. You know, thing. you know what we, you know what we call that? Success. To- total football, mate. Total. Remember the Dutch team in the early seventies with Joe Johan Cruyff and all of that lot. That's how they used to play. Rudy, Diff- wasn't Rudy playing then? No, no, no. It's early seventies, mate. Rudy was eighties, oh, wasn't he? He was eighties. Yeah, yes, eighty-eight. Right. You know when they won the uh, the, the uh, European yeah. Championships. But uh, yeah, Christ team, the great, the greatest Dutch team I think ever. Um, that's how they would play. Defenders would pop up in the box and like a striker and score, and they would all cover for each other. I mean, it was just brilliant to watch. And, and that's why Hoddle went into raptures at one point in the second half because he just said. But, but Ben Chilwell, he's popped up in the area like a number 10. and yeah. It was unbelievable. And, yeah, you can't defend it. You know it's happening. Earlier in the season, it was the ball being moved. Chilwell always been in space on that side with the, when the play was on the right. Ball got shifted over. Chilwell had acres of space and there was nothing they could do about it. Now it's just you've got James playing with all the confidence you could want in the world. You, you know, I know England were only playing, you know, San Marino now last week but he was pretty much just dominating them on his own um, it was like you know a fully grown man playing against a load of five-year-olds it was that meme you see on the Japanese TV show with about two fully grown professional players playing against 100 kids it, that is what that is what they're like at the moment it's, it's an amazing run of form and long may it continue because they're both playing absolutely magnificent yeah. and they're lovely with it too Martin um, I was, the question I was going to was on the tip of my tongue was if you think about it, I mean, you know, whether whether we hate them or not, and of course we all hate them, uh, Liverpool I'm talking about, um, and hate to see them winning anything. You know, a lot of their success, and a lot, I mean, they play great football. I mean, one has to kind of churlishly admit that. But when they were, I, I don't think they were back yet. I mean, I, I, I mean, when they romped the title, basically, that was all built around having two brilliant wing-backs in Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robertson. Okay, and also three very fluid strikers up front, and I'm I'm wondering if if Tuchel's kind of doing the same thing really at Chelsea. Yeah, German coach follow who a German coach who managed at Borussia Dortmund and Mainz doing a similar similar tactical break. And yeah, I I think I think there's there's merit to that. Um, I thought the Borussia Dortmund away kit was quite nice on Saturday. Yes, as well. it was actually, wasn't it? Just actually, yeah. yeah. Yes, I like that, and I'm I, yeah, I did. I liked it. The black shorts made it work really. I love the little striped, yeah, nice kid. Hurrah for the black shorts! Oh, be careful, <laughs> be careful. Uh, now, uh, I'm, I want to move on to uh, to Callum Hudson and Doy because he he's a player that I I absolutely love him, and I, I'm so desperate for him to uh, succeed. Um, I, we talked about it on Friday, didn't we, J.K.? That you yeah. know we felt that 
actually bollocks to England and that knob knobhead <laughs> Southgate. You know, if Hudson Odoi sees his priority at Chelsea and not the England under 23s, frankly, I think he's made the right choice. And we wondered if it would stand him in good stead with Tuchel, who was very, you know, non-partisan about the whole thing. But he must have loved it. And and I mean, you know, we've always said about him, haven't we? Give him a run of games. You know, don't don't pick, bring him on, you know, on 80 minutes or play him against some crap team in, in a Caribbean. Give him six games at least in the Premier League. Let's see what he can do. And he's had that now. And I have to say, I think he's getting... I, I mean, you know, I think he's he was an, another one that you could have easily put in for a nomination for Man of the Match. I think he's getting better and better. I really do. And it's proving the point that he is good enough. Particularly since he's playing on the left, which we all decided was yeah, his best position. Exactly, didn't exactly. Cutting in, but I thought he had an excellent game again. He's such a threat. It's that it's everybody's a threat, aren't they? They're all out, you know. I thought Havertz was, was ability to uh, to get the ball and turn every time he was turning um, Evans uh, non-stop. I mean, Evans just couldn't deal with him. And I thought you could only uh, foul him. Could only foul him every single time. Mm. Uh, but no, Adoy was outstanding again. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Chips. The more, in fact, you you were bought. You have said this regularly. It's you. It's down to you, actually. I've I've hummed and hard and just said, well, he's he's not showing his. Uh, um, his potential, and uh, and here it is being expressed. And uh, I've warmed to your enthusiasm, Chidge, and he is indeed playing out of his skin like the others. Yeah, so. I mean, I think you'll get better. I mean, my my bigger point really is like Martin was saying and Dane earlier on, and this is the really exciting thing about this team. You know, they're all so young: Havertz, Mount, Reese James, Ben Chilwell, Hudson Odoi. You know, they can only get better. That's the yeah. point. You know, they're not even anywhere close to being anywhere near their potential yet and look how they're playing um now somebody who's the other end of that spectrum uh closer to age uh, to probably you and me jk than to, well not actually really because that would make him very old or us very young and we're not and that's neither true for either of us but that of course is silver uh tiago silver who of course i i i weakly drop from the team to to rest him but i mean i think i should i should qualify that i i do that because i think he's so good uh, you need to kind of wrap him up in cotton wool and, and make sure he's available for the big games because he's just, he's just. I'm going to read you what Henry Henry Winter says because he's. Just take, he just got he got stamped on by Vardy on one occasion towards the end, and I, 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 yeah, I was going, oh no, no, please don't be injured, please, and he, 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 he stamped on his head and knocked him over, and uh, and I thought, you know, surely that he got he snapped something. He's so old, he will have snapped something. But no, I just got up. Yeah, it's amazing. This he's is what same, he's the same age as me, JK. He can't be that old. <laughs> I can't. I can't believe you're that old. Yeah, nor can I at times. I bloody feel it. I always had you down as one of the youngsters, mate. No, nah, mate. I am. I am. Christ, that's put the average age of the fan cast up considerably, Martin. Well, yeah. it, it's got to be. It's got to be my youthful looks. But yeah, I am the same. You're older than Dane's older than Martin. Yeah, yeah, so that effectively means I keep saying Dane's, you know, he's going to keep one of the youngsters coming in. It should no, be mine. No, it should well, be Martin and Dean are the youngsters. Well, yeah, yeah but, but Dean's yeah. over 30, isn't he? I think, no, I think he's only just, yeah. I think he's only just turned 30. I think so. I was very disappointed to hear that. I was thinking, well, that means we have no fan casters in their 20s then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. what a bunch of old gits we all are. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'm going to read uh, what one old git said about another old git. But one of my, <laughs> my favourite old gits actually is Henry Winter. Um, and he said oh, this of Tiago. He says, another Tiago Silva masterclass, like a chess grandmaster, thinking a move ahead, reading the game and Vardy. So calm, heading clear and making unhurried first touches to teammates. Also vocal and demanding on rare occasions Chelsea are opened up. 
a Strolls Royce of a player at 37. I mean, wow. that's why Henry earns the big bucks writing and I don't. But uh, I think he put that brilliantly, JK, didn't he? Yeah, that's a lovely image, Strolls Royce. I love that. But yeah, it was when I, I, I you know, I, I wrote about that in the fan bite. It's the one moment where is it ended up in the uh, um, in the votes the uh, the pass was that pass has ended I hope up. So, yeah, yeah, was I nominated it. it. No, there I, were several. It was that particular one. Yeah, you know, I nominated it. Yeah, when he just intercepted, and um, well, we'll be talking about it later. But he, he, it's. I'll keep going on about this, but his his ability to to be involved in a challenge where you think. This normally just a normal centre half would have difficulty in just even they just head it clear to anywhere. It doesn't matter. He will just time the challenge and lay the ball off to a Chelsea player. It is absolutely immaculate. And uh, he's, he, he is a, a joy to watch. I, I, you know, I have to say he's one complete Guinness moment for me. I just infuse nonstop. I just keep going. Oh, oh. what about that? What about that oh. bicycle uh, kick clearance? Yeah. Yeah, that as well. You've yeah. just yep. nicked that one off me. The, Sorry, Martin. The, Sorry. The, the, ca the casual bicycle kit clearance. Yeah, the casual bicycle kit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spot yeah. the Brazilian. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's he's also helped. I know he's next on the list here. Um, in the, you know, rare, 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 very fucking rare occasion, if he had got beaten for post, you've got Trevor Chalaber the other side of him. Yeah. Same way that he played Reese James in the cup final to neutralise Vardy. Chalaber was there if there was a a break on wasn't needed because um, I think Silver had him had the whole thing under control the whole time. It's just it's it's it's, it's actually just laughable at times where he's just you no know, every every other player's busting a bollock to get to the ball and there's the oldest guy on the pitch is just like barely broken into a jog and just swept it away from them and played a pass back the other way yeah. it's, it's it's ridiculous how easy he makes it at times well, it's re it's, i mean actually you know it's kind of weird because they're completely different players obviously um, but he reminds me of jt not not i mean the, for the, the the reason being is that jt was never the quickest defender at all but he read the game so well he, and bobby moore actually bobby moore was like that he wasn't a speedster but he, he's, his reading of the game was so on top of it he was always at the right place at the right time and silver's got the same thing Dane, one thing I was thinking when I uh, when I was watching the game, the way that 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 Silver plays in this in this Chelsea team, he's almost like a sweeper. You know, mm. he cleans up everything. He's always the man to clean up, and then he's the man to get the attack going. His distribution is one of the best I've ever seen from a defender, actually. Oh yeah, he'll go down as one of the all-time greats. He's like a god amongst men on footballing terms, you know. Well, you know, certain players, you know, you know, we're not we're not completely biased towards Chelsea. We must all have a player or certain players that we've admired from afar over the years. And he was definitely one. It's, you know, I'm glad, sort of proud, but one of the all-time greats, you know, we've managed to see in a Chelsea shirt, even at his, this, this late age in his career, you know, the twilight of his career, he's still so good. I remember an old football coach uh, used to say to me, used to say that some of the best footballers in the world played with side mirrors. You know, you'll get the right players who are really right-sided or the left players, but he plays with such good side mirrors. He knows what's on his right. He knows what's on his left. He knows what's from the central. And as JK said many a times, you know, everyone else will be panicking with a ball and he'll just give a slight little touch header to his right or left and just put the flame out straight away or a little pass. He's so in control and he's so calm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a pleasure to watch him. I'll leave the, be the debate to whether what he'd be like in, in a four to you know some of those sados on Twitter you know Tuchel's got him playing in his system and you know he, he has he ever looked any better 
you know, I, I didn't see enough of him at PSG. Obviously, highlight reels, which made me admire him. AC Milan days, Brazilian days. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm so glad I get to see him now in, in the flesh at Stamford Bridge, uh, you know, on, on TV. And, yes, yeah, a pleasure to watch him. It is, isn't it? And uh, kind of Martin was alluding to it a minute ago, JK, but just think how he's helping to improve Trevo Chaloba's game. Although Trevor Chaloba, in my opinion, is, has got game already, mate. I mean, he's a hell of a player too. But I think he actually admitted it, and he did the presser today, didn't he, for the event yeah, match? He, he said yeah. as much, didn't he? Yeah, but he he, he admitted that that um, that both uh, Rudiger and uh, um, and Silva were were helping him in his game. But also, he mentioned his brother, Daniel, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Nathaniel. Nathaniel. I'm sorry, Nathaniel. He speaks to him every day and advises him. So uh, uh, it, it had screwed on. Um, uh, three seasons as a loanee obviously worked for him, and uh, um, and he's he's slotted in wonderfully. He, he he's he's the very fact that he gets he gets picked and given the responsibility is is absolutely brilliant. You know, I remember a time you'd watch Chelsea teams and you think, oh, they're just giving the youth a go for, and they wouldn't do terribly well, and they'd or we'd go, well, not sure we'll be seeing them again, or they'd um, they'd play ten minutes and that were the only ten minutes they'd ever play for the team, and here we are. Um, having somebody who's playing with, with world-class players and, and giving a world-class performance. It's, uh, it's, the, it's such a testament to the, um, to the youth at uh, Cobham. Quite brilliant. Yeah, indeed. Now, here's the question, boys. Um, there are a lot of people uh, that we respect and know very well uh, on, on Twitter, Adam, Liam and Sam amongst them, uh, saying that they thought that was the best 45 minutes they've seen Chelsea play for a long, 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 long time. Um, would you agree? In, would, I, I would certainly say it's probably the best first half performance of the season so far. And I thought actually the whole performance was pretty damn good. Who wants to crack at that one first, Martin? I'll go. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, I think that's. A, I think it's a very reasonable point. Um, I would say the whole game, not just the first half. I mean, the control, confidence. You know, taking what is Leicester can be. A, it can be quite loud up there. Joking about the clappers aside, if they get if they get on a roll, they get they get noisy, and they were able to neutralise them within minutes, get an early goal, and then just dominating control. It's um, obviously you know the, the Norwich game is a bit, a bit of a different kettle of fish, but um, you know in terms of getting the goals and that, this was we could have had four or five, and it would have flattered Leicester. Yeah. I thought it was a brilliant performance, and amusingly, we're still flying under the radar because. Obviously, there's that psychodrama going on at Man U. Liverpool twatted Arsenal for four goals. There was six, six goal games, two six goal games. So we're still down the pecking order of match of the day, which I don't care about. I don't get obsessed about things like that. But that suits me down to the ground because um, last title winning season, people didn't realise until December how good we were, and by that point, we'd already slipped the field. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it, Dane? I mean, I, I kind of had to sit and sit down and think about this, and I think what's what was so delightful, what we what we saw particularly against Leicester was the Tuchel machine working in perfect, you know, perfect rhythm and harmony. There, you could see what he's doing, and you could see what he's trying to do, and it all clicked and worked. And when I say that, what I really mean is he's got a side with a world class goalkeeper again, Mendy proved it when he was called upon. I mean, I know JK was right. I mean, they were from distance, but they, was, they still had to be saved. 
but he has that he has that air of security doesn't he we've got and i think what we were saying about silver rudiger and Chaloba, actually and I, I think how important that they are in in controlling the game and getting the attacks going that's where the distribution starts and they're ball playing center backs and I think it's fascinating. I watched a, I watched match of the day, and I can I, I I don't know. I was a bit dozy. I was fucking about my phone, so I actually watched all of it rather than just Chelsea. <laughs> but it was really interesting watching Harry Maguire, for example, when United got tonked by Watford, and uh, he uh, he um, I mean, you know, we've got ball playing centre backs, and Harry Maguire. The only thing he's fit to play with are his own balls. You know, because he can't control a football. That's why he got sent <laughs> off. You know, so they're fundamental to the way we play, and we've got them. Uh, we've got that midfield protection with Jorginho and Kante, who not only you know protect the back three, but they allow our great goal-scoring and creative wing-backs to get forward. Now, you know they will also get back when needed, and Kante, as we can see, will get forward when needed. So that works beautifully. And in front of all of that, you've got a fluid front, front, front three, easy for me to say, not... Uh, who can all move. I mean, you know, uh, Hudson and I was playing on the right sometimes, sometimes on the left. Mount gets all over the place. Hazard drops deep. I mean, it's it's just a quite something to watch. But all of this, I think, is underpinned by a phenomenal work rate and desire, a huge amount of skill, you know, and this brilliant pass and press game that they've got. Because we, you know, JK was saying earlier, you know, you could see what Sarri was trying to do, but he couldn't make them do it. Tuchel's making them do it. Some of the passing and moving in this side is the best I've ever seen a Chelsea side do. I rest my case, my lud. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, it had, you know, it had everything which would complete a complete performance. You know, we, we nullified them quite early. We nullified them in the second half when they went 2 0 up. Dominant first 45, dominant last 20. You know, and as you said, the goalie, brilliant saves when it called on the centre backs, dominant and strong. You know, the two wing packs are showing a perfect example of how to play that position well. Jorginho and Kante complemented each other. You know, the front three was movement interchanging, looking dangerous. And, you know, you can either have subs who sulk, who subs who come on and say, you know, don't forget about us. And that's what they did. You know, like Martin, I don't care if we go under the radar too much. What 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 really growls me is when they compliment us, they they throw in a negative and keep on reminding us that we lost to 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 man city uh this happens we're human you know we're not robots you could if we want to get all anal about it we can say okay we under Tuchel we played man city four times fairly comfortably beaten them three and only lost once he came out he admitted we were too deep he got the tactics wrong you know he's brave like that uh i, I trust him and I, and I believe what he says you know at the moment you know it's absolutely superb watching us. You know, what a great squad we have. The manager balanced it up perfectly. You know, how lucky are we to have him? You know, please don't do anything to mark this up, Chelsea. You know, he's happy. We're happy. The players are happy. Please just let us be happy because, as you said earlier, Chid, you know, it's, it's, it's just so Chelsea for something to, to go wrong. But, you know, the way even Tuchel talks about, you know, he I don't think he's ever been happier. He talks about... You know, the pressures he was under at, at certain clubs, you know, previous clubs with influences and people getting involved in him. And he's like, he's just left to do his job and he, he sounds like he's never been happier. So that makes us happy. Yeah, damn right. Martin, because I'm a contrarian, I'm prepared to say that I think the best 45 minutes we've played this season was when we, we kept Liverpool out uh, with 10 men, actually. So that's the second half, yeah? Mm. Of that game. Mm. You know what? I'll, I'll give you that one. I think different 
completely different, different scenario. Di- isn't it? Different, different scenario and different attributes required to make it work. But um, we all came out of there like buzzing because we were expecting to get absolutely smashed to pieces, and we had the best chance in the second half. So, go. yeah, uh, yeah, I'll I'll give you that one. That is a, a good point. But you're you're right in another context because people are always telling us, aren't they, that it's much easier to to organise a team to defend than it is to create. Yeah. And actually, do you, know, do you know do you know who said that a lot? Uh, I don't know, Mourinho. Brendan Rogers. Brendan Rogers. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah but I, 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 I <laughs> he, he, should, he should take a look. Yeah. He should fucking have a. He should have a look at his own. Well, <laughs> I, th- I think, albeit that Rogers said it, I, I do think there's some truth to that because you know. If you've got, if you're a good coach, you can coach eleven players to be disciplined and concentrate and do their job, and know and get them to know where they're supposed to be to defend brilliantly. You can't really coach creativity. You know, some players have either got it or they ain't. So okay, you can set it up, and I think you know what we're saying is what he's done is he's got a system which actually gets the best out of them to do that per se, but you still got to rely on the players to do that. So I do think actually it's it's harder to to coach a team to, to, to be scoring lots of goals every week and uh, be full of attacking flair and creativity. Kind of, we talked about Sarri and that was kind of that was kind of the missing piece of him because for most of the games, possession wise, I thought we were we were pretty dominant, but it was going nowhere. So yeah, we'd be exactly. we'd have we'd have loads of the ball, but it'd be in our own, you know, path and it, we wouldn't get beyond the second third of the pitch and then it'd be like, oh shit, where's hazard and then see <laughs> see where it goes. So I think the other side of it is what Tuchel has thus far seems to have grasped is that we're able to use the dominance we have in possession winning it back quickly and use it to create quick chances and overloads and attacks which is that's to me that's the difference that and him not eating fucking dog ends on the sideline well there was plenty of other reasons too I mean actually talking of Tuchel and this is I think also encouraging isn't it he said to BT uh, it's what we want to do we want to do our things over and over again, reach our standards and push our limits. I'm happy with our results and the way that we play. But he also went on to say that <clears throat> he, we can do better. You know, we're not there yet. And I, I think he's right. Um, I'm just got a quick, uh, I want to get onto this Lukaku issue, which kind of flows quite nicely on from this. But just to dot a few I's and cross a few T's. Um, we scored three away at Leicester in our last two title wins. Mm. We've beaten the new kit manager of the month and early kickoff curses in one game. Mm. Uh, Edouard Mendy kept his 35th clean sheet for Chelsea in 60 appearances bloody hell and uh, that's the first time we've had four consecutive wins on the road without conceding since 2008 you were listening to the commentary as well then Chidge I don't know where I nick that. I nick all these from Twitter usually. So it, it was all, that came off of the BT Sport commentary. So, yeah, I don't know. I knew- uh, it's good. Actually, it's a fair, brilliant point you made about the, the previous three 0 wins against Leicester in title winning seasons because the game, the one in January under Conte, there'd been a little bit of a wobble. That was the first away game after we'd lost to Spurs, and we just emphatically won three 0 when it just restored everyone's confidence at a crucial time and they've just gone on to walk it from there over the next two months and I think last Saturday people thought hello there's there's something happening here there's there's real there, the potential is there I think it was um a, a bit of a a bit of a revelation because it's like you say the you know early kickoff after an international break against 
opposition that have been for the last four seasons much better than they are now and you still think they can get a result. I mean, they put four past Man U recently. Admittedly, Watford have kind of devalued that <laughs> this week and they can fuck off for losing control <laughs> as well. You know, keep it 2-1. Ole's still in a job. And we're all happy, and they they completely lost the run of themselves. So <laughs> very true. Fuck off, Watford. Very, very true. Very. I like football, but not Watford. Watford, Watford fuck off. Fuck off. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right now, we've been uh, teasing this for the entire show so far, which is kind of the question about how does Lukaku get back in? And, and I mean, I was going to ask this anyway, but actually, one of our mates sent this email in, which pretty much, you know, poses the same question. So I'll read his email out. It says, "Hello, everyone." Uh, I'm glad that I got the uh, I get the opportunity to email into the show. I hope you're all doing well. It's Thanksgiving week here in the US, so happy Thanksgiving to you all. That's a good point. Happy Thanksgiving to all of our American mates, of which there are many. Enjoy um, the turkey. Enjoy the turkey, that's right. Enjoy the basting, just like Lester did. Uh, I want to point out the standards that Tuchel has set uh, up for the team. We were two up... Uh, we were two up in the first half and the man was still not happy with his team dropping off those standards. It's very true. He demands the best from the, from his players and you love to see it as a fan. What do you all think about Romelu's eventual return to the team? Can we still be fluid with him on top or up top as we are now? I appreciate all the good work that you all do. Nana, Michigan, USA. So, Dane, what do you reckon? Well, I think he eventually has to, you know, although, you know, I do like the balance of the team with Havertz in... He doesn't score enough goals, you know, as a striker, but, you know, he, he drops deep and allows, you know, the, the two who sort of play up with him, you know, to dart in behind him when you have the wing back. So ultimately, you know, we're getting so many goals from all over the field, but we have to find a system that works for Lukaku at the, at the top of the front three. And as I said earlier, remember, you know, he, early on when he first came in, you know, we, we bought him and he was scoring goals. It was more due to his... You know, his movement, his good play, you know, the two goals against Villa was all about him. Uh, and we've got to find a way to suit him. Sorry, uh, just what I was going to say, you know, as I said earlier, you know, it was no coincidence that, you know, the six games where he went without scoring, Reese James wasn't was injured after that Man City game and Chilwell was just, just coming into the team, coming back from fitness. So, you know, he'll have more ammunition, you know, you know given to him, you uh, I believe in Tuchel will find a way. And yeah, we don't have to worry about it too much now. You know, we're on a good run of form. Even the Burnley game, you know, there were so many pluses in that apart from the scoring the one goal. So, you know, we could just maybe ease him back in. There's no pressure. Uh, Tuchel, uh, you know, openly said he played him too much. He shouldn't have played him in, in, in the game he got injured. But we're in a good position now. So, you know, Sabra, if he, if he makes tomorrow, I don't know if he does, you know, a nice 25 minutes here. Does he even need to play against United? Uh, but yeah, eventually he has to. I, I believe he, we, we have to find a way to make it work because, you know, where he is at in his career, uh, where we're at as a team, you know, a fit and firing Lukaku with with Chilwell on the left and and, and Reese on the right. And potentially, as I said, you know, Ziek, if, if he can find a, a place somewhere in this team, I doubt it if we've got like Werner, Havitz, Pulisic, Callum fighting all for those uh, two positions behind Lukaku. But yeah, going around in circles, yeah, but eventually we, we're going to have to mm. find a way with him leading the line. That's a good point. I mean, Martin, a couple of things, you know, 
It was very, I mean, it's been really interesting seeing Havertz play in this system, which is kind of broadly what we were trying to do last season. And, and I mean, he's not scored a lot of goals, but he's he's so fundamental, again, to the way the system works because he's prepared to come back and do the hard work too. And he's obviously a lot harder to pick up because he's not stationary. He's moving around all the time, quite often going deep. I mean, I back Tuchel to be a good enough coach to find a way to make it work with Lukaku. Um, I mean, for example, I mean, you could argue that Werner just can't work in this system because he's he's a counter-attack striker. You know, he can't hold the ball up, you know, blah 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 So in a sense, Tuchel's kind of said, well, no, you can go and play on the wing and you cut inside or whatever. And, you you know, you, you, you become part of this fluid front three, which is much more like it. So it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, so how how do you how how do you fit Lukaku or can you fit Lukaku into this system or do you have to change the system slightly to accommodate him? Um, I think if I knew the answer to that, I'd be making a lot more money as a coach. Um, <laughs> I think he will he will get games if the sheer weight of numbers means he will play once he's fully fit. Um, whether you adapt the system slightly or um, or not, I, I don't know. I mean, I seem to recall that his first goal for us was was as a result of being in the right place at the right time with a Reese James cross. So, you know, it's it it's worked before. Dane's already mentioned that you know Chilwell was a really in, good point. I think you know Chilwell wasn't in that part of the wasn't in the squad at the time. Lukaku started. He got overplayed a little bit. You know. Sometimes less is more. And if tu- if Tuchel says to him, look, you know, just be in position and you know Reese and Ben will get the crosses in or they will make the runs, then, you know, you will get your chances. And the injury was a result of him trying to do bloody everything and that some clogger from Malmo hacked his ankle. So I think a little bit of an adaptation. There will be a few, you know, subtle changes made when he does come back and he will. And let's see what happens. I don't think he needs to be rushed back this week. Um, maybe Watford next week. Who knows? Well, we've got we've got a slightly interesting I- issue tomorrow because you know Havertz is a doubt, and we don't. And I mean, Tuchel's already said he doesn't think that Lukaku's ready to start. So that mm. so I wonder if if Werner might actually be or Pulisic actually could start up front tomorrow, which I, I wouldn't have a problem with either per se. But I I do, I do think it's it's an interesting dilemma I mean for me you know if Lukaku is as good as we think he is I mean he's not the player that left us that's for sure and I don't even think he's the player that was at United I think he's a much better striker now and his goals record proves it so you know when you've got a stubborn ass team like Burnley to play then surely that's that's what you've bought uh, Lukaku for but I do think they're gonna have to I mean for me the way that you adapt uh Lukaku into the team or you adapt to him actually and I think you can either do it one of two ways either you you do play him as the lone striker but you've got to have midfielders who are prepared to run in mm. on the end of things because he will hold the ball up and play them in yeah but if they're not making those runs he, he, I mean that's what we were seeing before he was just throwing his hands up saying well where the fuck are you the other way to do it is you play you effectively play two up front with one behind. And interestingly, Tuchel did that, didn't he? When he had uh, Barkley behind, I think it was Hudson-Odoi and Havertz. But you could play big man, little man. So you could have you could have Lukaku Pulisic, or you could even have Havertz and, and Pulisic playing up as a... Uh, sorry, Havertz and Lukaku playing as a two with a and other behind. So I think there are lots of things that Tuchel could try. 
Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does. And as Martin's already said, thankfully, none of us are either qualified uh, to do it or are paid enough money to do it. So there you go. That's, that one's on you, Tommy T. Good luck, mate. Right. Uh, we're going to have a quick break now. And then when we come back, we are going to be revealing who uh, has voted for the fannies this week and all sorts of other things besides. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is Stamford Chidge and uh, the Chelsea Fancast, of course. And uh, I'm joined by the wonderful Martin Wickham. Good evening. I believe you've missed someone. <laughs> I'll get. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. And uh, the lovely Dane Whittle. Hello, everyone. Now, as Martin rightly said, we're missing somebody. We're a man down. We are. Uh, J.K. has had to go. I mean, he's such a bloody media tart. Honestly, he's uh, <laughs> at twenty past eight. He had to go and do an interview with a radio station. I have no idea which radio. I'm no doubt I want to tell us all about it when he gets back. So we'll have to try and stop him. But. He's doing an interview about the book about his his dad, the, what he has wrote. So he'll be back shortly. But uh, the show must go on, of course. And uh, what's, what it's going to go on with is the fannies. Uh, now, first of all, as always, is the man of the match. Now, the thing is, boys, underlining what we've been saying all, all show, really, I mean, we could have had 11, 11 nominations. In the end, I managed to get it down to four as opposed to the usual three. And uh, me and the boys in the Discord group... Uh, basically came up with this which is uh, N'Golo Kante, Thiago Silva, Callum Hudson-Odoi and Reese James. So what would you have gone for Martin? I would have gone for N'Golo Kante. Well that was a wonderful performance and to stand out amongst some of the other performances on there I know BT gave it to Silva but um, yeah he's something else and the goal was just icing on the cake really. Indeed. Dane? Yeah, I don't want to sound complacent, like oh, you know, we're just used to these performances, like from Silver Kante. But I went, I went to the other side, you know, and I was so impressed with with Callum Hudson Odoi and Reese James. Uh, we, we, we're seeing consistency from Callum at the moment, due to, like you said, you know, you, you, you didn't need a brain to, to to know that he needed a run of games, and by by luck of injuries, he's getting them in his preferred position and he's performing. But I just thought Reese James is, is was 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 as near as perfect performance I've I've seen from a player in a long time. So yeah, I'm not I'm not obviously uh, you know complacent with 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 Silver and, and Kante. You know they produce world class performances and 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 we've seen that over the time but Reese James is turning into a, a fantastic player and you know my eyes are just drawn to him so many times just because of what his movement in the field like 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 we said you know he was on the he starts at wing back he was over on the left we see him in centre midfield see him setting up a goal is him scoring a goal yeah he's just yeah he's, I think he's amazing I I I mean exactly that mate I I I think actually anybody who voted for any of these nominations you know, any any one of them is acceptable by me because I think, as I said, the performance performance by the whole team was so damn good that uh, anybody would have deserved it. Jonathan, who would you uh, or who did you vote for in the man of the match? Uh, Silver. You voted for Silver. There you go. So so far, we've had an Angolo Kante, Callum Hudson Odoi, 
and a Tiago Silva. And I mean, you know, James was outstanding. You know, that's what I'm saying. Um, I, I actually voted for Kante along the same lines as you, Martin. I just thought it was just a, it was a timely reminder as, as to just how good he is. And I, and I felt we'd won, we won the game in the midfield. And I thought he and Jorginho, as I said, it should be said, were fundamental to that. And uh, the results are Callum Hudson-Odoi got five. So this is voted for. We, we shove it up on Twitter every Sunday and just let you kind of vote. So, yeah, uh, Hudson Doyle got 5%. Reese James got 16%. Thiago Silva got 24%. And Angolo Kante won it with a whopping 55%. So, there you go. <clears throat> the people's vote. Uh, they decided it was <clears throat> Angolo Kante. So, two out of four of us. There you go. It's, it's, it's about right, really. Uh, now, uh, the um, the fannies, the next fanny is uh, the salary moment, which is always quite a lot of fun. Uh, usually requires a bit of explanation by me. Uh, the first one uh, nomination is uh, Kante's understated goal celebration. So the fact that he just doesn't really know what to do and looks a bit embarrassed, and then they all completely smother him and hug him, which I always find quite funny. Um, the aforementioned brilliant away support, who I thought, I mean, Leicester, as Martin and, and Jonathan will attest to, is a is a great away day. It's one that a lot of us look forward to. Um, and uh, I think Saturday was no exception. And I thought they did us proud. They were brilliant. And the last one is absolutely hilarious, actually. Um, by the way, the qualification being that the salary moment has to be either something of, of, that is comedic or makes me laugh on or off the pitch. And uh, also, uh, it has to be kind of proper Chelsea, you know, proper Chelsea supporting. Anyway, this is hilarious. Um, Rudiger biting James's head after a goal celebration. I actually missed this. But I'm 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 faithfully faithfully the, the Discord group have told me that they saw it and it was funny. So there you go. So uh, Martin, away oh, support absolutely. Dane, yeah, I agree. I think the away support have been fantastic. I think you made a good point earlier. Maybe there's a newer generation carrying on all the stories they might have heard from from certain old folks over the years. I think our home support has been quite decent this year as well as 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 home support goes. But yeah, I thought. I think the away sport has been brilliant. I only do don't don't do as much as Martin, maybe three a season, but I obviously pick three lucky ones. It's always a great atmosphere, always great singing. But yeah, I, I, I clearly heard them, and it was just funny seeing Leicester sitting there all slump and looking glum as well. Yeah, always is. JK, and it's a ten from me. Away support. Oh, well done you. Well, I have to say house because I too voted for the away support. Oh. You know, because I just thought it was brilliant. But what do we know? Um, I have to say, this has been brilliantly close on the poll. All right. So in reverse order, Kante's goal celebration got 31%. Uh, the away support got 33%, which means Rudy biting James's head got 36%. Uh, so clearly it was really, really, really funny. And, it, you know, it's a shame I missed it. I had to rely on the Discord people for that one. So I can't really confirm. Well, I, th- I, th- I think we need a clip of that. I've not seen it either. Yeah. I saw it in slow motion uh, afterwards, yeah. yeah. Someone slowed it down and showed it. All right. Well, so you've seen it. So what, is yeah, it, yeah. Is that funny? Uh, you just wonder why he'd done it. I don't know. You know it's just, Tony Rudiger, it's, It was on top of his, yeah, top of his uh, hair, uh, Reese James. Is that, yeah, it was, it was funny. Yeah, he just makes you wonder why he'd done it. You know, he's, he's got not, he's, loony, away. he's a loony, mate. That's why. It's yeah. Mm. All right. So maybe it was very, very funny and it deserves to win. I think you had to be there. Yes. Well, we, <laughs> yeah. we, well, how ironic because the away support won it and we had to be there and none of us managed to. So there you go. But uh, I, I still would have voted for that. Right. Last but by no means least, we have the Guinness moment. Uh, which, uh, again, like the man of the match, I, I, I could only narrow it down to four because there were so many wonderful moments. But uh, 
Kante's goal, and I mean, okay, his finish was brilliant, but I mean, the whole thing, Rhys James absolutely spun uh, whoever it was on the left, I can't remember now, and 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 absolutely beat him. For, I mean, was it was it sent him off for a hot dog? I think is the expression, isn't it, Dane? Well, that was what he did to Ndidi earlier on in a different move. Uh, he, he sent Ndidi twi- uh, going two ways twice. Yeah, it was quite funny. I have to say that my my reaction to uh, you know on, on the basis that that I tend to say that the uh, the Guinness moment has to be qualified by you know a, a more than a slight kind of sexual arousal, really more of a kind of a, ooh moment. Uh, I emitted quite a, a a climactic sexual arousal noise when the ball hit the back of the net with Kante scoring, so that got the closest for me. But uh, the next one is Silver's pass, which J.K. alluded to earlier on. Uh, the other was, and I, I, this is a bit of a personal one, really. And again, I, I emitted a, 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 a fairly, you know, primal noise when I saw it. But um, somebody, I forget who, possibly. Uh, possibly Rudiger I don't know but they did a bit of a duff pass about five yards outside the penalty area so they basically passed straight to a Leicester player Kante seized upon it from nowhere won the ball back and it ricocheted off to somebody else and then he seized upon the other bloke and won the ball back and then immediately sat an attack up and I just I just thought you absolute fucking diamond this is what he does and I mean so not only is he brilliant up front uh, on on Saturday he was great doing what he always does so I, I like that and the last one Somebody punted a long ball forward, probably silver, it normally was, uh, to Havertz, who had Evans on him. And he, he just, in one move, controlled the ball and left him for dead. And then Evans caught him up and fouled him. But I just thought, fucking hell, that was good. Mount did something very similar as well, but I couldn't squeeze him in because you could only have four. So there you go. So there's very high quality Guinness moments this week. Uh, JK, what did you go for? Well, I, I had to go with the silver moment because um, it... it um... Uh, not only did I go, oh, <laughs> but I, uh, I shouted as well. I did a double, you know, I went, oh, yes, yes. Oh, look at that. Oh, so, um, so uh, I felt I, I can't avoid that. But there were several other brilliant, brilliant moments. I, I, Kante's moment, Kante's goal, um, I, I wasn't quite sure it had gone in because I'm so used to seeing it go past the post. So uh, I wasn't... Um, uh, it d- didn't make me uh, react. It did me. I, I really, yeah, I, I was up out of my seat, mate. You know, I, I couldn't. I was thinking, oh, is it, uh, oh, it's a goal. Oh, um, so perhaps that was just my poor eyesight. But, um, <laughs> um, but you know, the, uh, the silver. I mean, I'm so in love with silver that it was just the 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 intercepting the ball when you know you think it's it, it's really going to be a difficult tackle, but having the time then just to lay it off perfectly, swerving it with the outside of your foot is just absolute you know brilliant that that was so that's why i went oh oh, oh, oh you know as one does brilliant <laughs> martin <laughs> uh i've just remembered the double interception so i'm gonna go for that yes good man dane uh it was the kante goal kante goal all because you know he he, he was in the same position a few times early on and gave the ball away, which even had two. That one when he should have lifted over Dane. He should have lifted it over Schmeichel as well. That was it. Oh yeah, they, yeah, that was yeah, yeah, that was a surprise. So he, he was in same position. A couple of wayward passes. He even had two like you know screaming at him. So this time I was just going, keep going, keep going, keep right now, pass now, pass. And I was like, oh okay then. <laughs> so I had me going like a very okay. We'll just do that then. Yeah, so can take goal. Well, okay. So in reverse order, Havertz is touch and control eight percent. Uh, uh, Kante's double interception ten percent. 
Silver's passed 21% and a whopping 61% went for Kante's goal. I have to say in qualification two things. One, whenever we do a Guinness moment poll, I'm convinced that nobody actually has a fucking clue what we're talking about. <laughs> and, and, and the minute I put goal in there, everybody votes for that. So there you go. So there's a bit of that going on. I might have to be careful how I phrase it. JK? Do you think goals should be excluded? Yeah, but you see, because the reality is, do you know what I like most about that goal? I, I like Reese's movement. Reese sending him off for a hot dog. But actually, Kante's finish, because it, it bent straight right inside of the, of the post. True, and I, I thought that was a beautiful finish, you know. True, so maybe I'm going to, you're right. From now on, I'm going to ban the word goal from the Guinness moment. And it'll be like Kante's finish. Kante's strike. Kante's drive. Yeah, yeah. Kante's curler. Or perhaps that's not right. Yeah, yeah. That, that remind, oh, I, I must find this. I hope I've got it on a tape. So I'm, I'm, no, I'm not going to talk about it. I always talk about it, so I'm not going to. But anyway, yeah, Kante's goal won it. And I voted for that too. But as I said, uh, the other reason why, I, why the, the, there needs to be a bit of qualification with this, I voted for Kante's goal because it gave me the most sexual arousal in the game. So I felt that's what I, why I had to, even though it was my, my idea to come up with a double interception. But there you go. Anyway, more of that next week, of course. Uh, thank you to the Discord group who were always brilliant in sorting that out for me, which saves me a bit of work, and I love them for it. Now, we've got some questions from aforementioned Discord group, and they are from Gellan Hahn, who says, I've always thought that Chelsea are a real classy club that treat players that have left the club in a good manner. Correct, Gellan? Today, Chile was booed a lot by the Leicester fans, we should hasten to add, and I do not get it. Why do that? Wasn't he good for them when he played there? Did he leave in a bad way? Do you have any good examples when Chelsea fans have done the same to any of our old players? Who have you booed? Jonathan? Uh, yeah, all right. Well, you go first, don't you? Go on then. Uh, yeah, I did like the... Obviously, we all remember uh, uh, Gordon Jury with his... Un- it wanted to move back up north and then he moved to North London. Uh so yeah, and I didn't like Poyet as well, you know, kissing the badge. But I, listen, he's you know, you, you know, know that always has to, Dane, that always has to be termed as kissing the cock. Well, yeah, well, yeah, he looked like it as well. He, he was obviously he's very emotional. He didn't want to leave Chelsea, so you can see both sides. But yeah, I, I, I wasn't very yeah. Jury, jury got some stick. I can remember that. Okay. I can't remember much else actually. Yeah. Uh, Martin. Courtois would have got some stick had that game against Real Madrid not been behind <laughs> closed doors. Yes. Very true. Um, and as for Chilwell, I don't know what the scenario was. I don't think he pushed for the move, but I'm sure there may be Leicester fans who may say otherwise. I genuinely don't know. Just, do you know what they? Do you know what they do say, Mons? Because we had we had uh, Jack on on Friday, and he said that what they didn't like was the fact that for half of that season it was clear that he wanted to go. There were already rumours that Chelsea were interested, and he just basically turned it in. He just, you know, he just yeah. he just didn't didn't put put it in, and that. That would piss any supporter off, frankly. Yeah, so. I think. Yeah, I think that's fair in that case. Yeah, I mean, J.K., who have you booed? And, and how, how long have we've got, we've only got a little time left, by the way, on the program. So, Andy Townsend. Yeah, big nose. He deserved it. Yeah, for wanting to go off and win trophies. Yeah. <laughs> would you like to do a uh, you know give us a flavour of what it was like for you to boo Andy Townsend? Okay. Yep. Uh, no, it wasn't like that at all. It was. Because like, that would have told him not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm trying to think what happens when a player. If he comes near to touchline, I just shout and go. Burr, burr. 
fuck off, Towns. Fuck, fuck it, Towns. Fuck. I'm a bit incoherent. I'll be frank. Boy, big nose. Fuck off. <laughs> no, I've, I, I would never call him big nose ever. I didn't even know he was called that. I just go, you know, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm raucous with, but noise, noiselessly. You know. I mean, you can't words. Uh, Towns said, fuck off. Because you know, it's just something like that. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I didn't like Dorigo signing for Leeds. I don't blame him. What we will ago, I didn't like uh, him signing for Leeds. Dorigo. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'm struggling to remember. Uh, I think I, I, I prefer to expunge them from my memory. It's like I erase their entire Chelsea history if they've done the dirty on us. I mean, to be fair, actually, and we should we should say this as a qualification again that actually Chelsea, I think Chelsea supporters are usually very generous to. Uh, to players that come back having gone to other clubs. We usually give them a hearty reception. We love Juan Mata, don't we? Yeah, and many, many, many others. We're very generous to them as a whole. Obviously, if they go to Spurs, then less less so for obvious reasons. The only one I can think of in recent history that I've basically given a lot of jip to uh, is Bolo Zenden, actually. (laughs) Yes, because I never really because well, I, I never really liked him in the first place. I think I oh, gave okay. him jip when he played for Chelsea, so I think. Well, it's, exactly. I think maybe it, I did too. Actually, he was so bad. Yeah. Didn't Gallas get a lot of stick when he came back of Arsenal as well? Yes, yeah. that's a good. That's a that's a real shame because I thought Gallas was super. Yeah, he was, for us. he was. But he acted he like such a cock, didn't he, towards the end mm. of the the contract? And then he went to Spurs, and he went to Arsenal. I know that he went to, he went Spurs. to Arsenal and Spurs. He, I mean, he, he, I think I think he was trying to get every every set of London fans to boo him. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. So there you go. I hope that answers your question, Gellan. And it was a cracking question. We had fun with that. Right. The last one is from the ubiquitous Mister Stick, who, of course, typically being Mister Stick, has left the Mixilla building to catch a flight. Uh, so there we go. He's now back on the Discord group. By the way, talking of people, we should have booed Mister Stick. Because basically, Mr. Stick was on our Discord group and was the leading light of it. So much so that I even gave him his own bloody channel on it. And then he defected to London is blue without so much oh. as a buyer leave. Anyway, he's come back now. So, you know, maybe we should have booed uh, Mr. Stick people. I mean, there's a few people in the Discord group or on Mixler who will say that. But uh, no, we love him really. And it's great to have him back. He's, he's very entertaining for all sorts of reasons. Anyway, his question was a good one. Is there any kind of budding rivalry between Leicester and us of late? They beat us uh, in the FA Cup final, but then we turned around and beat them for top four, more or less. Additionally, we stole Kante and Chile from them. Martin. Uh, if by budding you mean 1997 and Erland Jonsson. <laughs> Steve Guppy, which we talked about the oh, other Steve, week. No, his full name, Steve fucking Guppy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a rivalry, but every... I would I'd compare them to a you know a, a dose of gout or hemorrhoids that flare up once every couple of years or so and cause us an a bit of pain, an irritant or yeah something like that. Um, yeah, it's, you know the most recent one was obviously the cup final, but they've they've been they've been recurring pains for the last at least twenty five years, and I'm sure there are older fans who can go back further than that still. Frank sacking after the 2-0 at the bridge was... Uh, and Mourinho. Dreadful Leicester moment, wasn't it? Mourinho's yeah. last yeah. match was against Leicester. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We, so they, we, we quite liked them then, though, for that, didn't we? <laughs> well, I don't Controversial, know. maybe. Oh, I don't know. no. I'm joking. I was at that game and it was just... It was terrible, wasn't it? Well, we're just asking, he's got to go, hasn't he? Not because you wanted it, but no. because you just thought it's going to hit. it's got to hit its natural end. 
Indeed. It did a few days later. Um, Indeed. Um, I mean, you know, I, I will, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just see, I'll ask it, I'll, I'll answer it in a minute, but just had a cracking post in from Claire McConnell, but, uh, um, Yes, I, 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 there's that for me. There's no, there's absolutely no rivalry whatsoever between us and Leicester. I mean, what I can tell you is that in the eighties there was a they're quite a nasty little hooligan firm called the Baby Squad, and but in those days there was there was football rivalry and then there was hooligan rivalry, which is an entirely different thing. But if you're talking football rivalry, then you know you you your rivals are based on whether you know it's historic. You know, it's it's to do with locality. So that's why we have these rivalries with people like. West Ham and Arsenal and and Spurs obviously a bit of everything with Spurs. There's no there's no locational rivalry with Leicester. They're in the bloody Midlands for God's sake. And the other fundamental uh, thing about rivalry is that it, you have to be in competition with somebody because if you lose, they win something, or if you beat them, you win something. So you know, there's <laughs> apart from last season when we when we were challenging with them for top four. But that's nothing, really, compared to some of the long-running long, long, long rivalries we've had. So, for me, nah, not at all. I, I remember going up in 1989, Chidge, and when you talk about their hooligans, then that was... We, we we went up, we was in Division 2, in the old Division 2, and we went up there to win the league, and we lost 2-0. Very eerie. Yeah, very eerie and spookily. It is the most... And this is not a comparison in any other way. It was the most uncomfortable and tightest and squashed i've ever been at a football match uh very eerily what was going on yeah up it, was the road. The, it was the same day uh, wasn't it same day yeah we lost two nil they let too many people on I'd, I had marks on my on my belly from where i was kept on being pushed onto the onto the barrier yeah it was a i think we might have even missed the penalty kevin McAllister, or he had a goal disallowed uh yeah we lost two nil and they they were trying it all day they've got a frog marched us down there down to Filbert Street and back yeah, to the they used to do that. They were trying to come from all angles and, yeah, and yeah. give it. But yeah, yeah, eerie, eerie day, eerie day after what obviously what we what was feeding through to us uh, eventually on the way home. Mm, definitely. All right. I, I did promise you I'd read Claire's post because it's just hilarious. She says, I don't, I haven't heard from Claire for a while actually. Maybe this explains it. She says, I don't spend a lot of time on Discord because I get too caught up in arguing. What this is, you know, and, and I can't watch the game properly, so arguing while the game's going on. But I check in on both. Is that not allowed? Yeah, oh, oh, okay. God, she's taking offence at my London is blue thing. Uh, is that not allowed? Does one have to declare one's allegiance to either one or the other? Well, the, half of me, Claire, saying, of course you do, and it's treacherous beyond belief to join the London is blue <laughs> uh, Discord group. However, uh, I am also a member of the London is blue Discord group, so I could hardly say that now, could I? Really, to be fair, so. Uh, take from that what you will. Now, it's time for emails, I'm delighted to say, um, before JK uh, retires in the slump, needing his, his butler to serve him his cocoa for bed. Yes, could we hurry up? Yes, I'm, well, if you know, if somebody hadn't disappeared, I wouldn't have had to talk it out, would I? I told you I was going to. Anyway, first email falls to you, and you're going to love this one. Yeah, hi all. Really short email. No, it's not. No, well, no. Ian Wood, greet. Oh, have you? Oh, no, oh, you've not got it. No, no, I've got it. Reverse one. order. I'm reading this one. I forgot about yeah. it. I added this in after I sent the, the thing through. Oh, God, cheers. Brilliant. Ready? This is from Ian Wood. Greetings. And the only reason I included it, you'll find out why in a minute. Uh, greetings. I had to go to Africa for the last three weeks uh, beyond internet, so downloaded some of your older po- podcast uh, tart to take with me because I'm a sad fucker. 
I heard the one with the old guy who wears the glasses saying he, he sits in the East Middle. Back in the 80s, what was uh, uh, LBC Radio had a weekly guess the attendance at a London club. I won two tickets to Chelsea and over the last 50 seasons, that's the only time I've ever sat in the East Middle. An FA Cup game against Crewe with barely 10,000 people. We were drawing and I stood up and shouted... It's not the guy who put his thumb down, that's for sure. Anyway, I stood up and shouted, for fuck's sake, Charles, I don't want to go to fucking crew next week. Anyway, a man with glasses, but quite young, said to me, but surely one doesn't have to go. Was that the old man with glasses? P.S. Reese James is one of the best football players in our fucking planet. Kind regards, Ian Wood. J.K.? Well, Ian Wood, I've only been wearing glasses for a year, so it can't possibly have been me, and I'm not really been very keen on being described as the old man with glasses <laughs> several occasions in an email so you can fuck yourself <laughs> uh, Ian we all think that was a brilliant email don't we boys <laughs> you, you're welcome to write in on that subject anytime you like JK you've got you've got the, the one that I was getting you to read a minute ago from Philip Kenley in fact thank you so much um uh, hi, all. Really short email, having just listened to your discussion about price rises on the Friday night preview show. As I said, it's not short. Oh, it's got one, two, three, four, five. It's got ten <laughs> hours. Anyway, I don't, if, I, if it's short, it would just be, I don't disagree with anything you've said. <laughs> that would be short. Be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> not particularly interesting, but, you know, anyway. I don't disagree with anything you've said, and any price rise of the magnitude you've discussed is insane, of course. But in capitals. There is one point you've not made. We've been extraordinarily lucky since about 2000 to have a club that's broadly been competitive the whole time. No one can match that. We've done this despite having a smaller fan base than Arsenal, Liverpool, Man U and Spurs. The, the latter probably now has a match day revenue about £2 million of a, a game bigger than ours, 20,000 seats at £100, say. We've done so because we have an owner that takes no money out of our club and, in fact, is probably about £500 million plus down. I think he's a billion down, isn't he? Yeah. OK, made up number. But one of you will know the answer. We both know the answer. It's over a billion. So, yes, while we're working to maximise our revenues at the expense of legacy fans, surely we we cannot expect to lose money at the rate we have done indefinitely. So I ask you, I'd love to hear your views, because this is not a trick question and there's no right answer. What would the panel choose? Number one, continue as we are, competitive every year, damn expensive, lots of tourists in the ground. Or number two, be a club renowned for charging less than all its competitors, but ultimately consistently finishing fifth to eighth and rarely competing in the Champions League, let alone winning it as our revenue is significantly significantly below the four richest clubs in the land. I do choose the latter because, to my shame, I just cannot bear the thought of ever being ordinary again. I've gone through three relegations and they're no fun. I do hope you discuss this point. Well, Philip, the thing about going through the relegations is it forms you as a person, as a human being. You suffer the disappointment, so you know what it's like to uh, have experienced that. I mean, there are many people, many supporters now... Uh, since 2000, in fact, since we won the league in 2005, who don't really know what it's like to go through anything like that. And it's horrible and it, it bites horribly. So no, we wouldn't want to go that down that route. And it's not likely to happen. And uh, also, I think, as we've discussed before, um, the, the, the match day revenue is sort of meaningless because it's all down to television. And it's now what this billion pound deal that's been signed with uh, America 
just means that that more money will be coming into the coffers and so and, and if so that's the problem isn't it is we're suddenly putting the money up for for no apparent reason there's no reason to be doing this um and this is possibly down to other influences in the club and nothing to do with the owner um uh i don't know though he's had so it was interesting to hear tuchel at the today said that um uh uh, Abramovich, uh, he doesn't didn't know whether Abramovich was in London because one of the support one of the reporters asked, would they be putting on a show for him? And he he was a bit taken aback by the ridiculousness of that question. He said, "Well, we just play. We don't, you know, aim to be playing any better because the owner is in." But I, I think um, uh, he, he has a he has a big knowledge of the club and obviously um, asks questions because he watches from his yacht. You know, he has every conceivable access to the game that we don't you know he can watch every camera angle no doubt from a whole variety of satellites and satellite dishes everywhere all over his biggest yacht in uh, in um, um saint tropez wherever it is so i think the answer to this is uh, um uh, it's pernicious that they've put the prices up personally and like to say you've 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 given it to, to me to um to uh, was it specifically aimed to me? It was me to read it, wasn't it? It wasn't. It was just aimed to all, for all of us. Because um, uh, the thing I was discussing, I think, Chid, you were the man to discuss this more. Um, uh, uh, my involvement with this was actually initially talking about um, access to the uh, to the away season ticket. That was all my fault because I, I wanted to talk about this, but I remembered you'd had a little bit of a chat with Dan on Twitter, and of course, it was all yeah. about that, wasn't it? It, was, it wasn't about this oh, no, at all. I got, I got that all wrong. So. Yeah, no, no, but don't, but don't mind this. So I'm, 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 I'm qualified in that I can yeah, talk about you. it. Everybody's qualified. But at the same, at the same time, I felt that you were the man yeah. who, who was very, very much in. Well, I mean, running, running with the ball. At we, the time. we couldn't, we couldn't really give it justice in, in, a, in a, the time pressure of the preview show, Philip. And I fear that we can't really do a huge subject like this justice in in the time that we have left today. I am going to write an article on this, which will hopefully outline my thoughts more specifically. But before I give you a flavour of what I think, I'm going to ask Martin and Dane first. Uh, Martin. Um, I, it's already been proven that you could charge, you, you could do one game per season, free tickets, and you wouldn't lose money. Um, Jonathan's already mentioned the American TV deal that's been announced this weekend. That's where the revenue's coming from. I think it was a I think, I think this planned price rise is faintly vindictive in nature. I think there is a an attempt to cause churn in, you know, people not renewing season tickets and it going into a, a wider pool. Um, don't like it. And I think the two options presented, I think we could continue as we are. Well, you know, continue as we are. The season ticket price has been frozen for the last 12 years and we've been competitive. So I don't see, you know, if, if the TV money was eliminated in one stroke, we did have to rely on match day revenue, you could make a case for this. But until that particular bubble bursts, um, it's just, it, to me, it's just a vin slightly, vin I think we can probably guess who I'm referring to here, but... Um, slightly vindictive individual in the higher echelons of the club who um, doesn't like some of the some of the um, older fans because we're more likely to go in, go out and spend our money elsewhere. Whereas they want people to, you know, be there for the day. So they spend on the food, they spend on the merch, they maybe... Which is a very modern, it's a very modern economic model akin to the one that he's come from. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, 
it's you know maybe stay overnight at one of the hotels and it becomes an all Fucking immersive experience. It, well yeah it's basically just you know getting an absolute you know an unlimited hold on the credit card for two days and we're not likely to do that because we're just you know going in going out and if you get a point out of us you're lucky and this thing of you know we can't afford to keep losing money well we know there's income coming in that negates that so stop taking us for idiots yeah dane yeah, we've also been very lucky to have a very shrewd chief executive over the years who probably made more money out of selling players than anyone else. So that's another help with with, with us each season. And that's, that's the Tottenham model you're sort of talking about, isn't it, at the moment? You know, they want you to come in. They want you to spend the whole day there. They leave the bars open. You know, luckily for them, they sell like neck oil there, uh, beaver town there and not bloody singer. They sell, they sell decent beer, which is a hell. Yeah, exactly. But, and, you know, they try, whether you, whether you take the piss out of it or not, we've seen the videos, they have comedians stand there. They have got comedians know, on the pitch, Dane. Well, you have got that. And most of their supporters are fucking comedians. So it ain't that hard. But you've also, you know, they have a jolly up. They have people singing there. And, you know, if Chelsea wanted that model, then they'd have to, obviously, as Martin said, sell better beer and, and, you know, keep us in after the game and make the bars a little bit well, more have, open. They'll have also, you know, certainly for Tottenham, they've had however many NFL games and the anti-Joshua yeah. fight recently. Yeah, they, they, they've, whether you call it a sellout or not, they've gone after the best stadium in Europe to produce nights like like you said, you know, the boxing of American football uh, concerts and... Uh, we can all laugh at the team on the pitch, but off off the pitch, you know that that stadium is gorgeous and is best, you know, probably is probably the best in Europe. Could be the best in the world. I we we well, we've seen what was we continue as we are, you know, as as mine said, price freeze has been, you know, for so many years, and it's just a case whether you renew or not. You know, I don't know what they've said uh, my area of the season ticket yet. Obviously, they're talking about the new one that they've just done up in the upper tier, the West Stand. You know, that going up quite a, a high hike, but. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a question that, that would be really interesting. Would be you could do a whole show on uh, with a lot of people's views, and yeah, it's. Uh, I sort of live in the moment, and I'm I'm quite happy with it. Is at the moment, I don't see much into the future. I don't talk or worry about the future. But that's just a, me personally. Yeah, fair point. I mean, Philip, as I said, I, I feel on a subject like this, we can't really do it a huge amount of justice. For which I apologise because I know you always put a lot of thought into your always brilliantly uh, figured out emails, but. Um, I don't I don't think it's as binary the choice you're laying out as, as you might think it is. I mean, I, I broadly agree with what Martin's saying, and I'm fairly close to what's going on. And I do suspect there's all sorts of underlying issues going on with this. But I think I think just to, to, to rather than just, you know, get drawn onto the binary nature of what what you've put as a choice, because I don't think it is that simple. Um, I think the issue that we've got here, I mean, I think, you know, Guy Lawrence was brought in to try and make the club more profitable. And indeed, they have been recently. Chelsea has been turning a profit over the last few years. But, you know, they've done that with a very clever use of the loan and sale system, which is way ahead of a lot of the other clubs, which is why no doubt FIFA are trying to clamp or UEFA are trying to clamp down on it to try and stop that source of revenue for Chelsea. So that's where they've made their money. But the problem that Chelsea has because of the limit, you know, because we now got a stadium that's twenty thousand uh, less in capacity than than obviously Arsenal, West Ham, uh, and uh, Spurs now, and uh, you know Liverpool, and of course United have been ahead of us for a long time. 
So the, the reality is you've got three streams of income as a football club. One is broadcast revenue. One is commercial revenue. So, you know, that's kind of selling shirts, for, if you like, and getting sponsorship deals. And the other, of course, is match day revenue, which is effectively bums on seats plus whatever anybody else spends in the ground. So, you know, you if, you, if you're looking to increase revenue, you don't really have an awful lot of control over broadcast revenue because that's kind of dictated to you by the, the deals that have been signed with the broadcasters. And of course, a lot of it's dependent upon how successful you are as a club. The more successful you are, the more times you're on TV, the more revenue you make. Chelsea do particularly well at that for the obvious reason. You can do something about commercial revenue because you can increase that. You have control over that. You can sell more stuff to people, basically. but if, And you can you know get more attractive sponsorship deals. And again, the club does pretty well at that. And a lot of that is predicated uh, by the on, on-field success. You know, so there's a direct relationship with that. But they can control that to a degree. You know, obviously we can't control success on the pitch per se. And then you've got match day revenue. And clearly the club cannot really do a lot to increase that because they can't sell more seats because they're limited in that. Or so they either, you know, either we, we move to a bigger stadium, uh, which is not on the cards for all the reasons that we know about, or they increase the ticket prices. Now, they've had a price freeze. I think they've they've raised them once since the entire time that Abramovich has been there, which I have to say is fantastic. And I applaud the owner for being that munificent. Um, I, you know, as I said, I think there may be other reasons why this is going ahead. I think the real telltale will be what happens uh, at the end of this season or probably in about April. If you see a 10% incre- increase on all season tickets, then you can you can tell that something is afoot, possibly in line with what Martin was saying. Although you could argue that not increasing your prices for 10 years is, is, is a valid excuse for raising them now. So, I mean, I can see lots of different sides to this argument. But the reality is, you know, Match day revenue at Chelsea makes up, I think, 10% for, for normal season ticket holders, 10% for corporate season ticket holders, but only 20% of our total revenue. And, you know, we've done OK. I think that I think the problem is, is that the fact that the West Ham's, Tottenham's, etc. Have, have chucked on about 30, 40 million on their annual revenue by, the, by virtue of the fact they've got much bigger stadiums now, you know, and, and I can't see us building another stadium, you know, because I never, I've never thought that the amount of revenue that that would bring in would any would be anywhere near paying off the 500 million to a billion that it was going to cost for us to to build that stadium. So I can see that there are all sorts of pressures involved. I really can. But, you know, there is also an argument to be said that actually the broadcast revenue is really what has made all of these clubs so rich and competitive, us included. And whilst okay, one suspects that it can't last forever, it's certainly going to be around for the foreseeable future. So actually, is match day revenue really that important? And then, of course, you have to go along the argument about, well, what happens if you, you do get rid of a lot of the more traditional support? The atmosphere will suffer as a result, and that has a direct effect on the pitch. So we'll be, so we, I mean, the club tell me this all the time, and I've had meetings with them. They always said, oh, the atmosphere is really important because it helps, you know, it helps the team. So, you know, it's a very complex argument, as I said, and I don't feel it's something that I can really give due justice to by waffling on about it. But I hope I've given you a bit of a a bit of a, a flavour of what we're talking about. Um, the, the reality is, I'll throw in one other thing, Philip, and that is, you know, this you've been going for years as well, like we all have. You know, it's not a consumable, it's not a consumer choice per se, is it, to go to the football, really? You know, you can't choose to go and follow a cheaper team because you're priced out of one. 
You know, it's like a drug addiction. And I think, therefore, what happens is when clubs willy-nilly... I mean, what they did in the Westview, as you've already said, is unconscionable. Absolutely disgraceful, disgusting and unconscionable to say to somebody who's been sitting in that seat for years and years and years, if you want to sit there next season, we're going to charge you three times as much. That's unconscionable. But I think, generally putting the price out of reach of people who are effectively addicted to this and don't have a real choice needs to be thought about. And I don't think the club, if they do put them up, will have thought that through. And I think we should finish there because otherwise we'll go on all night. But I will try and write a piece on it, Philip. Uh, so look out for that and you know, then, then read it and come back to me and tell me what you think. But always, as always, Philip, great email. Always love hearing from you. As you know, right, very quickly, a Premier League Predictions League roundup. I shall be brief because I'm not happy, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so JK thankfully got minus 11 points and he's now in 74th place where he was last week. I think I'm broadly in the same place as I was the other week, uh, although I did relatively well for me or less bad. I got 71 points, but I'm still in 67th. Pat Nevin did very well. He got 130. He's still in 61st. Dean Mears has slipped down the rankings. He got minus 12. He's in 59th. Canners is 56. He did quite well for him. Got 103 points. Kerry's the top of the uh, ex-players in 53rd place. He did well. Got 121. So going upwards, we have Tony Glover uh, in 37th. So Martin, uh, Tony's had a reality check since his high point the other week. He slipped back down. What surprises me most is Martin Wickham is in 36th. Martin, what's going wrong? You were You were in the top 10 not long ago. I think it's quite obvious what's going wrong. It's every single fucking prediction I make. Yeah. <laughs> that would, that, yeah. yeah. I'm having an absolute fucking stinger. Harsh but fair. Uh, Mark Meehan did very well this week. I missed that. Uh, he got 137 points, which is very good. That How was... the fuck are people getting such high scores in these know. daft scores? Obviously yeah. they, they obviously know fuck all about football. Well, it, it, and it, Cheers, Martin. <laughs> anytime. Yeah, I, I missed that with, with, uh, with Mark. That, well, that puts him... He's the third highest performer this... No, fourth highest performer this week, which is pretty good. So well done, Mark. Uh, Dane Whittle is uh, the form fancaster. Dane got 127 points. He's in 22nd. Dane, what do you have to say for yourself? Yeah, where, where's Glover now? Because when I, when I got I got a decent month about six weeks ago, he gave me no credit whatsoever, and then I was uh, then he, he was boasting when he had that good week, and now he's gonna sail him back down again, and he so yeah no I got it was uh, uh I was trying to think I thought, I thought a lot of draws I think I got the Tottenham result right I was actually quite unlucky with. Did you start leaning on the keyboard and fill in three <laughs> times? I did do a lot of draw, yeah. Get the Burnley a... Palace score and the Newcastle Brentford one. very close right. as well. You know, like I'd Villa 1-0, Chelsea 3-1. You know, it could have been better, but I can't grumble at that, can I? I'm similar. I'm always very close. They're always completely wrong, but I'm very close. <laughs> yep. I, I've had weeks like that. I, I had five games where if the, you know, it, I was one goal out I would have got five spot-ons, mate. And that's the story of my season. Anyway, the top fancaster is still the absolutely lovely Mark Worrell, who is in fourth place uh, and still keeping his oar in there. So well done, Marco. Um, our best performer of the week, I'm delighted to say, is the absolutely wonderful Freddie Carberger. We haven't heard from him for a while. Freddie, get in touch with me, mate. I want to know how you are. I hope you're all right, mate, over in Sweden. Anyway, Freddie's shot up to 18th. He got 192 points this week, which is very good. Uh, there were other good performers, Mark, me and, as I said, uh, also Richard Lancaster, he got 138, and uh, the wonderful Daryl Middleditch, who, of course, is in Mixler at the moment. He got 140, he's up to 11th, 
Uh, he got a bonus. He got 52 bonus points for thinking that Southampton would score first, which they did. Uh, so there we go. Which leaves, of course, our leader, our top boy, which is still for the 12th week running, Mr. Luke Withers. Well done, Lukey boy. That is fantastic. He's been top of the league. Or he's been top of Lee all season. We'll have to call him top of Lee, won't we, instead of Luke? Well, so there we go. Right, uh, we're going to have a quick break, then we're going to come back, and we're going to have a quick roundup—not uh, roundup, really—a a, a look ahead, really, to uh, to uh, the Chelsea Juventus match tomorrow. See you in a minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea. Football Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge. This, of course, is the Chelsea Fancast, and we are now in part four, the home straight. I've got the fading fast, Jonathan Kidd. No, no, no. I'm <laughs> fading a bit, possibly, but not fast. You were thinking. No, no I'm not I'm not falling asleep. I no, was just... I, I didn't say you were. Thinking. I said you were thinking. Never said the word thinking once. You said fading fast. And then I said you were thinking, but you were talking at the time, so you didn't hear me. You looked deep in thought. Well, that's good, isn't it? I'm yes. Another show. Is that good? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough yeah. already. Martin, good to see you as always. It always cheers. And last but by no means least, uh, Mr. Dane Whittle. Hello. Right. OK, now before before we uh, actually I've got a couple of things to do before we talk about the Juve match. The first one, of course, is the whiskey competition about winning the uh bottle of Glenfiddich, which uh, Javier Chacon, uh, who won the October Manager of the Month at the Premier League Predictions League, uh, he won a bottle of 12-year-old Glenfiddich. But because he's in the States, he couldn't get it shipped to him because Chiro or Chiro won't send it overseas. So Javier kindly put it back in the pot and we asked the question a couple of weeks ago, how many goal scorers have there been in the Premier League for Chelsea and who are they? And the answer was 15. This is up to not including, obviously, this weekend's match because this was over the international break. And they are, or they were, Marcus Alonso, Christian Pulisic, Trevo Chaloba, Lukaku, James Havertz, Kovacic, Werner, Silva, Kante, Rudiger, Chilwell, Mount, Hudson-Odoi, and Jorginho. And the person who got that right and who I picked out of the pot is the wonderful Pierre Frizzell, who we know very well. Good old Pierre uh, Pierre, who uh, lives up in Harrogate, I believe, and I think Chiro will be sending you a bottle of Glenfiddich, 12-year-old Glenfiddich, to Harrogate, Pierre. So, well done. Well done, well done, well done. Right, okay. And the next thing is a bit sad, actually, so I'm sorry about this one, but uh, it needs to be said. Uh, It's from our old mate Andrew Bailey, who was definitely listening earlier on in in Mixley. He says, hey, Chidge, hope you're well, mate. I was just wondering if you could put a shout-out and send love to my old mate, Derek Delmaff... Excuse me... Derek Del Mafia, who sadly passed away this morning. Well, I'm I'm very, really sorry to hear that, Andrew. And of course, you know, it's uh, respect is absolutely due. Uh, um, apparently, he was recently diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and was given months to live. And uh, Del is a Del was a lifelong Chelsea fan from a Chelsea family in South London. And on Saturday last, a large crowd of North Stand boys held a drink in his honour over in Waterloo, I believe. Uh, yeah, in Waterloo. Now, as uh, as uh, I'm in Australia, that's Andrew, not me, I obviously couldn't be there. Hopefully the boys can continue winning and at least lift the spirits of Dell's family in this toughest of times for them. Up the Chelsea and JNS for life from sunny Melbourne. Andrew Bailey. Well, 
I do hope so too. And our thoughts uh, are going out to, to Dell's family and really sorry and very sad to hear about that loss. So uh, thanks for letting me know. And uh, I hope, uh, as I said, we can send some positive vibes out to his family. So there you go. Right. OK, now I did promise you all a minute ago that we would talk about the Chelsea Juventus match. Which uh, which we'll do now. Um, J.K., I've done hey. I've done my usual uh, predictioni of the team, which I already have to correct because I think Havertz might not play because he's got a, a thing with his he's got an awareness in his hamstring, hasn't he? Yes, yes, he's definitely aware of that. So yeah. I'm going pretty much for exactly the same as we 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 had on Saturday. Really, in fact, it would have been exactly the same that we had on Saturday had Havertz been playing. So I'll go through it very quickly. Almost exactly. Mendy, Rudiger, Silva, Christensen. So Christensen would come in for Chaloba. Chilwell, Jorginho, Kante, James. Same as. Hudson, Adoy, Havertz, I did say, and then Mount. But I'm now wondering whether it might be Timo Werner or Pulisic up front. Uh, I might think it might be um, uh, Zayek and Pulisic. No Mount. No Mount, no. No but let's see. I'm just. I'm. You know. I'm. 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 I'm just thinking if that combination worked, he might try it. But then he could always bring Zayic on. I just think that Mount isn't firing, but it may be that he gives him another opportunity to start, uh, just because he's so essential. Because he, he. He. Even when he's. As we said, even when he's only seventy percent, he still contributes hugely. Um, but yeah, I think defensively, that's he'll play the. The dream team. He'll play Christensen, and uh, well, not that Chalabar is is not part of it because he is clearly. Um, but yeah, I think um, it'll be Chilwell and James, and uh, um, and yet who will be who will be the curveball? Who will be the one that we get wrong? Because there's bound to be a strange selection. Boxes cheek, yeah. Barkley. Yeah, you never know. Up front Saul? there, might... no, no, no. <laughs> well, yeah, Lukaku <laughs> perhaps. But he, he kind of said, didn't he, today, Martin, that he's not ready for a whole game. So he, he might get minutes at the end, but I don't think he'll start. You never know. I mean, That would be a curveball, I agree. Yes. So that, that's my suggested curveball. I mean, it'd be great to see him back, but I mean, don't don't risk him if he's not, not fit, clearly. No. That'd be silly. Dane? Yeah, the curveball. We might have Dave on the right uh, uh, right side of the, of the back three. I, I wouldn't be surprised again if he played Thiago Silva. Uh, depends if he wants him for Man United, but you know, as we know, his fitness levels are truly superb, so keeps on proving us wrong. Yeah, maybe a Pulisic for 60 minutes up front, it'd be something he's never, I don't think he's ever tried before from the start, and maybe like the Werner for the last half an hour. Be uh, Pulisic, you can't get more an hour out of him, obviously, he hasn't played 90 minutes in so long. In Mount, yeah, it's a bit of a see. He's such an intelligent player, you know, he, like Martin said quite earlier. And, uh, and JK just said, you know, he wasn't he wasn't on his game. He overall, uh, he, he was OK. You know, he was still, you know, his positioning, his pressing, you know, some of his tackles. You know, he, he's a good defensive player. He knows the role so well. That's why so many managers like him and trust him. But his, his passes were off on, you know, he just couldn't get into that attacking element of the game. So, you know, maybe he may be a little stint on the bench for him might be coming up but yeah uh, okay, we, we, I'm, I'm not going to double guess or two because I'll always get it bloody wrong mm. I mean it's an intriguing matchup as they always are I mean you know I thought we were out mm. out uh, we were mugged basically weren't we by a very clever mm. wily Italian typical Italian performance you know a bit naive maybe as well um, but I mean that said I thought Juventus looked pretty average actually really we were the better side 
but that's football for you. So on the one hand, I'm, you know, we should be going into this, certainly when you consider the form we're in, with a lot of confidence. But there's a lot of ifs, buts. And, I mean, they've got some good players, but I tell you what, they've also got some good players out. Um, mm. I did hear that Dybala's fit and will play, which is a problem because he's a good player. But they've still got Bernadeschi out. Chiellini is out. Yeehaw, that's good. Uh, Dan, it was Dan, Dan injured. I didn't know he was injured, but there you go. Nah. So uh, yeah, Chiellini's out. Danilo is out. The Skiglio is out, uh, and uh, Aaron Ramsey. Funny, very funny name for an Italian. Anyway, he's out as well. <laughs> so um, they, what about they, that Moody get Morata? The Moody get Morata is fit, so I suspect it'll be Chiesa and Morata up front. So, and if you're if you're if you're emailer wants to hear someone an ex Chelsea player getting booed, yeah, that's one. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 tune yeah. in tomorrow. I, tune in I, tomorrow. I'll, I'll be in the shed upper, and I shall be la- doing it loudly. Uh, so yeah, I don't know if you'd be much booed because it's not as if we're antagonistic to what well, we are. Pretty antagonistic. We should all go with with a hairdryer and, and, <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. hold up hair dryers. Yeah, or just get, just just shout wanker nonstop. I think that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so there we go. Um, the, I think the bigger threat, really. I mean, you know, it would be very typical, wouldn't it, that Morata comes back and scores against us? But uh, uh, I don't think he did when he played for Atletico Madrid. Or I could be wrong. Um, but uh, he might not have played. I can't really remember now. Uh, I think Chiesa is the biggest threat because he is a superb player, isn't he? I mean, he proved it when he played for Italy in the European Championships, and he was a class above when we played them uh, in Turin and he scored a cracking goal, didn't he, JK? Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a terrific player. Um, and yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was a really class goal and it was their only, only shot, wasn't it? And we'd just, we'd given the ball away twice and they, and encouraged them because all they'd been completely overwhelmed and we should have been three or four up. And that was when he played Alonso and Alonso kept just playing the ball back into the center. I felt it was Alonso's, swan song actually because he failed to pick Lukaku up who was running into space consistently and uh, no I'm just saying he um Alonso failed to pick Lukaku up in the game and uh and it was half time didn't he yeah 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 he took him off and and I think that was Alonso's swan song I think that was the end of that for Alonso so we'll be um, better and um uh, yeah yeah a lot better We're, we're we're a much better side than we were then and I think we'll 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 well, it depends what their approach is. If they if they feel emboldened by the fact they played better against us and won, I think we'll pick their pocket immediately. But I think if they try and play in exactly the same way, we'll overwhelm them again. I just think I think we'll overwhelm them and score this time as opposed to uh, failing to to put the ball in their net and then them getting a lucky well, not it was a lucky breakaway goal, but it was immediately after half time and it was a great goal, but it then gave them the ability then to just defend for the rest of the yeah, game. And- and that's kind of what worries me a little bit about tomorrow because they don't have to win. They're, they're top of the group with a three-point gap between us and them. So they're, they're qualified, really, aren't they? So, you know, they don't have to win, which means that they can do exactly that. And uh, Massimiliano Allegri's a wily old bugger, and I can see him setting them up very defensively to hit us on the break. And we, we want to win. I mean, we kind of... I'm not sure if we have to win, but... You know, if we win, it secures our qualification and it puts us back in contention to be top of the group. So I do worry a bit that we might be too gung-ho trying to win and they will be very smart and catch us on the break, which is kind of what happened out in Turin, really. So it's a bit of a hmm, 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 ha kind of match, really. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you the other thing that really worries me. I'm always worried about this. Why Why am I so worried? This is Chelsea, for fuck's sake. You're worried every week. I know. Every game, you are worried. Did you ever watch that film called Kelly's Heroes? 
Yes, you were worried then when he watched no, that. No, no. What's with the negative? <laughs> what's with the negative waves, Moriarty? That's the, yeah, that's the exactly, line. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I need to need to go and see my therapist and talk about it. Anyway, uh, in head Just to look in the mirror, look in the mirror, Chid. Be fine. Yeah, I can't afford myself. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, um, yeah, they all head to heads with Juve. We've uh, lost our last two matches, of course, one nil and and three nil. The two before that were both two two draws. And we've only won once against them, which was at home in the Champions League in 2009 when we won 1-0, courtesy of a Didier Drogba goal. That was the quarterfinal. Of course, we then went on, because we drew 2-2 with them over there, we then went on to uh, the semi-final against Barcelona and that match. So our, our record against them is not, not too hot. And I, I think I read somewhere that we've only that's the only match we've ever won against an Italian team in European competition. Silence. No, well, that means we've got to, you know, we've got to rectify that, haven't we? Yep. So, do you think we will, J.K.? Yes. How's it going to go? Three nil. Three nil. Three nil. No problem. Yeah. Bit of roast swan first, then three nil. Have it. I'm not watching it. I'll just be lying upstairs in the East Stand middle with speaking like that bloke suggested I speak. Say <laughs> things like one. Did that upset you? No, just it's. <laughs> but, yeah, no, not but he can't. Off, no, no, off. hang on, hang on, hang on. He can't possibly. <laughs> he can't be a regular listener to the the fan cast. I can bet he? he is. And and no. and, and and have me as an example. Somebody saying that bloke with the that that old man with the glasses who said says you know, one must not go there then as if I'm some kind of complete posh kid, which I have to say, which of course I am. But, um, <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't say one, one must be, one must avoid going to crew then or something, whatever he said. I would go, well, you shouldn't go to crew then, should you, mate? I would say. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, three nil, three nil for JK. Martin? I've got to pull you up on that thing about not beating an Italian team in European competition. Might have been Champions League then. It's still bollocks, Napoli. Mm-hmm. Oh, for fuck's sake, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know where I read that. And Lazio. It's all completely yeah. wrong then. So where, yeah. where did I get this duff information from? And we beat Roma. We beat Roma 4-1 in, uh, uh, in 1965 in the first cup. All right, all right. So it was a load of, <laughs> load of bollocks. Beating one nil in a group game as well. Vicenza in the uh, semi-finals. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. All right. I can't, I can't, I can't edit this out. You know, to save my embarrassment, I can edit this. Yeah, out. this is me booing properly. Boo, yeah. cheers, boo. I won't do it though, because I'm, 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 you know, I'm more honest than that. Um, it is true to say we've only beaten Juve once in one, two, three, well, five matches. So I'll, I'll stick with that one, shall I? Happy yes, Martin. Fine. Yeah, well, it's a bit more accurate. So, okay. yeah, let's go. <laughs> this is why I do shit at the Prem predictions. I don't facts don't really worry me too much. Uh, no, I feel like I fucking got dragged down to your level, judging by the last one. <laughs> so, how do you think it's going to go then, mate? Oh, I think it's it's going to be a, another tight game. But um, am I? I might have this slightly wrong, but I'm fairly sure a draw benefits both teams and they qualify. Mm. And, it, you know, not that I would like to cast aspersions on Italian football teams based on the recent past, but I believe they are agreeable to um, engineering a result to, for mutual benefit. Um, I don't think it will come to that, though. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, any lawyers listening. <laughs> um, I am going to say 1-0 Chelsea. Mm. Dane. I do love uh, Champions League nights, uh, Stamford Bridge, uh, against big European teams. And I think you're right, he's a wily old manager. They'll be well drilled, 
well set up, well disciplined, but I'm going with a JK 3-0. Blimey. How, and you're doing quite well in the uh, Prem Predictions League, so maybe we shouldn't be too worried. I mean, it's it's very, you know, it's going to be nip and tuck, I think. I think Martin's got a good point, actually. I think, uh, you know, a, a draw a draw is not a bad is not a bad shout, actually. Maybe a one-all, something like that. I'm kind of quite tempted. I'm um, just seeing that they beat Lazio and Maurizio Sarri's Lazio, as we should yeah. qualify. 2-0. And, and guess who dominated the possession? Lazio. <laughs> well, I can, I can tell you, actually, yeah. Uh, Lazio, not really dominate. 58% to 42%. Still reason. It's still quite a, quite a difference. Yeah, guess but, how um, many goal attempts that Lazio had compared to uh, Juve with all that possession, Martin? Zero against two. No, eight, <laughs> nah. eight, eight against 11. Um, but anyway, I mean, I'm just trying to see who was playing there. I think I think it's really quite handy that uh, Chiellini's not fit and playing. Uh, Benucci, uh, Benucci scored two penalties in that, that match against Lazio, by the way. So, you know, they've got De Ligt, who's a good player. Benucci, they had Danio playing uh, in uh, Chiellini's position. And they play 3-5-2, as they always do. Quadrado was in the middle, interestingly enough. Locatelli oh, was on the right. Uh, Rabio was next to good. I mean, they got a good midfield. I mean, they got some good players, you know, and Mar- and then Morata and of course Chiesa. So, yes, I I have a suspicion that they're going to come to defend and try and hit us on the break. I think it would be very lovely if we scored a goal in the first half. Uh, certainly uh, might draw them out a bit. But as I said, the fact of the matter is that you know they don't have to win, and we could we would rather win. So I might I might I mean I think it'll either be a one or draw, as you know we quite often draw with them at home. Uh, or a one nil win. I'm, I'm I'm a bit. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm going to go one all. Okay, I'm going to go for a draw. So there we go. That's it. There we go. Um, I tell you what though, it'll be bloody lovely to see all you lot tomorrow in a midweek match for the first time in far too long. And I hope to see a few other of uh, you lot there. The only the only other thing that worries me, of course, is I'm going to have my COVID booster jab at four twenty tomorrow. So oh, good. I've I've recovered from it now. I, should, I, I didn't have it. You'll be shaking like a shitting dog by half time. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather be. I'd rather be shaking like a shitting dog than shitting like a shaking dog. <laughs> I'd be both. Like some people were. <laughs> that, like some people might have been. Who I will not say who, but might have been this weekend, Martin. Oh, don't now's the weekend before. I'm still recovering. All right. Um, okay. Well, it'd be lovely to see you lot there. If I see you're bumping, I presume we're all going. You're going, Dane, aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Good. All right. Hopefully, catch up with you and uh, anybody else who's going. It's been a while since I've been at a midweek game, so there you go. Uh, right, people. I'm afraid that is all we've got time for this week, uh, Jay, or this this evening, uh, because J.K. and I will be back this Friday for the preview show, uh, where we'll be jo- we will be joined by Dean Mears and Sam Incasol from Football London and Aaron Paul. Uh, for the opposition view, because we will be previewing the Man United game as well as having a look back at the Juve game. So it'll be a busy show on Friday. Uh, of course, uh, the Chelsea fancast and Dean's went to Mo and Dean and Danes went to Mo uh, Kings Meadow, I should say, are available on podcasts formats on the ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, and Spotify platforms, as well as other podcast distributors. Of course, uh, a quick plug for our Patreon account. Um, if you do fancy donating a little bit of money, uh, which is lovely if you do, but there's no pressure, honestly, I love you all equally. Uh, but if you want to, then it's, uh, it's patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast, uh, and, uh, you pay a little bit of money each month, basically. If you sign up to Patreon, 
uh, you'll be you'll get a, a Kerry Dixon mini banner if you want one, and of course you can automatic. Well, you don't automatically join our Discord group. You have to let me know, and and I send you the link. Simple as that. But there you go. Um, but I don't know. Few few quid a month is is no problem. Pay a quid for the fanzine, so pay us a little bit more as we do more shows. That'd be great. Anyway, no pressure, as I said. And lastly, of course, if you want your emails read out, uh, you can either send them to chelseafancast at gmail dot com and make sure you do that uh, by Sunday evening. Uh, or of course, you can always send them to Twitter or Facebook or even to Instagram, Dane. Right? Yeah, yeah, and we do get the odd ones. I haven't had some for a while, but yeah, we do get them, and I'll just forward them on to you. It's just whether you read them out or not. Whether I remember, because I'm a bit of a, you know, I have a memory like a goldfish. But uh, there you go. Right. Um, you can uh, follow us on uh, Twitter and all the social media, really, at uh, Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stanford Chid, Jonathan at Jonathan Kid, uh, Martin at Martin underscore Wickham. Dane at D W H I T T nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I remembered that because I hadn't written it down. I think that's quite impressive. They're not impressed. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, and uh, as I said, we're on everything at Chelsea Fanker. So there you go. Um, Dane, it's been lovely to see you tonight. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been lovely seeing. Obviously, it's always nice seeing you and. JK, but obviously it's been nice sharing it with Martin as well. Lovely, yeah. Hopefully I'll get to see some of you tomorrow and maybe share a pint and have a chat and lovely. Yeah, I, I will, I'm will. Hope, i I'm hoping to get to Stamford Bridge or around there five, half five. Oh, okay. I might not be drinking though, given that I, I might be feeling like, uh, what was it you called me, Martin? A shaking, shitting, <laughs> shitting, shaking dog? Sh- sh- yeah, I've... I've, 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 I've a dogging, I've, shaking shitter. I don't something. know. You want to talk about dogging? That's another, another no, podcast. Okay. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I think I might have been exaggerating some horror stories I've heard about the booster. Yeah. I'm sure you'd be absolutely fine trusting the science and all that. I will. Well, I mean, last time I had the the jab, I I felt all right. I mean, I actually worked all afternoon, uh, and then I got a headache, and then I had to go to bed for about a day. So you know, oh. I'm, I'm a bit worried really because I got to drive felt- home afterwards from London. But there you oh, go. Goof. You, you should be all right after it's it's the following day that it hits you yeah i had an allergic reaction the following day and then couldn't get out of bed yeah yeah i have an allergic reaction to getting out of bed so that is a bit of a worry oh, that'll work very well it might go <laughs> counter to that good Indeed. it might in fact it might improve your performance generally you never know uh so martin lovely to see you hopefully see you as i said I'm, i might be around for a for a coca-cola in the evening which is a bit sad <laughs> yeah. but there you go. oh yeah well, I'm, I'm getting out of holborn at 6 p.m so you might not make Quit. the pub uh, yeah, it depends how quick the tube gets down to Oz Court. We'll see how we go. All right. I might, I, might bump into you, I might bump into you at the store regardless. Indeed, indeed, indeed. And uh, finally, last but by no means least, the real star of the show, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Oh, you flatter me, sir. Oh. Good to see you. I've to you. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for bearing with me while I disappeared for 15 minutes to talk about my father uh, to Radio Essex. I had an interview, but thank you. Thank you for bearing with that. That's all right. It's all right. So, we missed you, obviously, but, you know. Well, I'm sure you you cope well, you know. So We did. We did. Uh, great stuff. I will see you maybe tomorrow. If not, I will see you on Friday for the show, which I'm already looking forward to. So I shall make an attempt to come to the cock. Uh, but I'm also going to be at the uh, um, the CFC store with uh, five of my dad's books. Well, I'm more likely to see you there then. All right, then, Peck. All right, love, great. You're good there. stuff. Uh, and everybody else who's going, have a good time tomorrow. Maybe I'll bump into you too. But un- until uh, uh, then, uh, thanks for listening, especially the people in Mixler who have been royally entertaining tonight. Thanks for listening. See you next Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Hit up the church! Up the church. Yeah. Yeah.
It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.